0: fastgrowingtrees.com code pool. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply.
1: What is going on, everybody? It is episode 255 of Pop Culture Crisis. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Would you introduce yourself, please?
2: Hello, Crisis actors. It's Mary. We are back from the weekend, rejuvenated, ready to go.
1: I also want to point out that, like, uh, I saw Dane. Dane, our guest today. He sat up, and now I'm worried that the, the camera will be off. So let's let's go and check. Let's see how. Always we worrying, are. Brett. No, no, it's good. It's looking good, Dane. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. So, today I
3: was just thinking, I want to have a good intro, I don't want to have a low energy okay. intro and outro. High energy. And for some reason, the first thing I did was like, okay, I gotta take everything out of my pockets.
1: <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> Do you have something in your pockets that's giving, making you low energy? I don't
3: know, is it going good so far? <laughs>
1: yes, we're doing good. Just so
2: that extra weight that you carry, that burden.
3: Go off. It okay, it, so let me intro then. Go for it, buddy.
2: All right. <laughs>
1: See, but this is the thing, dude. You oh, always do. Fuck. You always do this. You go. You do it. Okay, slowly. gotta
2: say the f word in yeah, the first, first two minutes. minutes. Thank you so much, you, Dane. You
1: always marketing you
2: always, man extraordinaire, patron saint of white boy summer, etc., etc. Ba- et ba- All right, let's get started. <laughs> I'm being mean.
1: You, you, you want to redeem yourself? Go for it.
2: <laughs> I just publicly humiliated Dane
3: Hey everyone Dave fought here Marketing man extraordinaire And the patron sale was
1: somewhere. And we are off to a fantastic start <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen oh, That was the worst yeah. one yet That was the best one yet Yeah Unexpected You're Unexpected. putting too much good. pressure on yourself
3: Maybe the outro Yeah (laughs) We'll shoot for the outro Maybe put half the things In my pocket
2: (laughs) I
1: don't know Workshop that All right, guys So we got a bunch of stuff To talk about today Marvel is panicking Once again Because Phase 4 Did not go the way They wanted it to Though I would argue That Black Panther Is still doing pretty okay At the box office Uh, But you know the, The box office outcome And the general tone Amongst the public For Marvel Phase 4 Has not been What they were looking for And they are possibly Going to be course correcting Into Phases 5 and 6 So we will talk about that. We are also going to talk about this fascinating article that came out both on the Mary Sue and on TMZ, where they basically talk about what it means to be a Mary Sue and then they, they kind of they try to counter what everybody else defines the word as. So there's a whole bunch of hullabaloo as it relates to that term. We will get into that. There was a huge debate here. It was yeah. Well yeah. 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 Yeah, so we got that. We're going to talk about the downfall of of the Liver King. I still say the. It's the downfall? The, the, well, you know. <laughs> Fall from
2: grace. You're, wow. you're
1: the one who likes the more, the the. the pop, I love it. The, the I terms. love the,
2: it's, it's pop culture mythology. Yeah. My so, favorite.
1: We're going to talk about that. Uh, PewDiePie had some things to say, and it also connects to stuff Joe Rogan said about The Rock and what everyone kind of already knows. Uh, after that, we've got uh, John Leguizamo just won't stop he just can't stop whinging. Guys. Yes. That's ordinarily
2: an Australian term, but I like it, yes. so we're using it.
1: We're gonna use it in the in the thumbnail, and people are gonna be <laughs> like, "You meant to say whining, but we didn't." So, uh, John Leguizamo <laughs> is still complaining about representation in Hollywood because it's a weekday. It's a day that ends in Y, and he's talking to someone, which means he's talking about representation. We will get into that, and we're going to talk about George Clooney and the concept of men who can also be apparently objectified in Hollywood. It is a real thing. So uh, if you guys are ready, and Dane, are you ready? I are you am. Good? Good? Okay. I'm going to check. Mary, are we ready? To we're ready. Dane, again. I think so, yeah. Okay. We going, guys. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, Basically, CBR has this article. It says Marvel is reportedly refocusing on quality over quantity for phases five and six. Uh, The first thing I thought of was that should have been the the idea from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. That quality over quantity. But we did have uh, the pandemic. We did have the beginning of everyone else entering the streaming wars. Uh, And it is possible that it's an overcorrection and it's not something that can't not be saved.
2: I'm thinking that since disney plus needs to reach profitability and by the way it's insane that they're calling it profitability a new profitability strategy when like why would your strategy be anything but that Um, but because they're trying to repair for disney plus's failure they need to tighten up the marvel content. And uh, we have sources supposedly from inside Marvel Studios saying that they are currently reevaluating its release lineup for phases five and six. As phase four comes to a close, we've been informed of internal negative feedback about how phase four was handled regarding product distribution and quality. So. They're claiming that the negative feedback Was only internal Yeah, that, I think that's stupid We I all love, know that they're trying to Do damage control because The audience was dissatisfied Is
1: that even possible to like care Like I love the idea that they just can't admit they're wrong Like well yeah. we, we wouldn't change our opinions If the people paying for this yeah. stuff wanted to change But as long as some guy who has an email job says <laughs> Right that Things aren't going right I, I like the, the idea
2: same. that the new uh, Bob Iger Disney Is going to be just laser focused on Marvel Studios that they are going to have, like, complete authoritarian control over their creative process from from now on because they've shown that they are
1: failing. Well, one of the things that Bob Iger, uh, actually, uh, Wesley was talking about it one day off air, said one of the things Bob Iger did very, very well was that he allowed the studios to be controlled by the people in charge. That didn't work as well with Kathleen Kennedy and Star Wars, but it did work well initially with Kevin Feige and Margle. And Margle? And Mark. Marvel! Uh, and the idea here that you know, they don't get the don't get the uh, accountants involved. Don't get your executives involved. Let Kevin Feige run the show over there. But the thing is, Kevin Feige's all in on what they've been doing in Phase Four. and I don't think that it gets better.
2: Like the the shorts and yeah. the the series on every too imaginable character. Too many. Too
1: many. Series. Way, too many,
2: Way series. too many series. And mm-hmm. the fact that you need to watch the series in order to understand yeah. the movies that are released in theaters is insane. Like no one with a job and a life even has the time to keep up at this point
3: But you know, I have like a interesting minor pushback of that Often in, in marketing, we say to like ourselves in the industry Don't make marketing for marketers And I wonder, is there a balance that you need of the creatives versus the suits or would just like pure unadulterated creatives be better?
1: No, that's why Kevin Feige is so good at his job because he's both an executive and a lover of the comics. So he has a unique skill set in that he can direct a ship both creatively and uh, understand the business aspects of it. Though I would argue that he clearly hasn't been doing that job very well in phase four, at least that's my opinion. But that's also on his executive side. He is now not just he's not just weathering the storm of business actual releases in theaters. He's talking about streaming services. He's talking about digital releases. There's a lot more to it now than there was 10 years ago when it was just Marvel movies coming out in theaters.
3: That's a, that's an interesting argument. So basically what you're saying is like, the, the person in charge should have kind of a, like a right right side of the brain, left side of the brain kind yep. of mentality. Uh,
1: at least in these, in these examples, like if we're talking about James Gunn taking over DC, I don't know if James Gunn has the mind of an executive. I know he has the mind of a creative. I don't know if he has the mind of an executive to be able to do that aspect of the job. What Kevin Feige was doing for the first 10 years was extremely unique. Uh, I can't think of another example. I guess George Lucas would technically be somebody who was also uh, somewhat of an executive, at least of his own company. But before he sold it off to Disney, um, you know, I it, it's hard for me to think of him that way
3: because you may be right, but like it the the common critique of him as of late has always been like his
1: like dialogue is really bad. George. Well, I think it's more the, the the constantly changing things after they come out, and then
2: looking for an executive who has that left side of the brain and right side of the brain harmony is, is almost impossible.
1: Which side of the brain is creative? It's supposed to be it's right. right, right that's the, the more creative.
2: Okay. Left is more language and logic.
1: So uh, there was another statement he had in here that I thought was really really interesting. He says uh, he says it's always the it's always the intention. Uh, that's always the intention is that Marvel Studios logo doesn't promise a particular group of characters or a particular or an, or a particular exact tone He says it promises a spirit and a style and a vibe and an emotion i hope and it's perfect timing to go from moon knight to miss marvel specifically because they're so unique and so different with doctor strange in the multiverse of madness and thor love and thunder on either end of that yeah but here's the problem that's actually an interesting argument because if one thing marvel used to be com- what they complained about the movies was that all of them felt the same that the tone was too similar
2: in all of them. Well, then there's been an overcorrection yes. where yeah. there's no unity or uniformity uh, whatsoever. The tone is extremely unpredictable and undermines itself.
1: But I actually don't think that that's a problem. I think it's just bad storytelling. Like I think that the average person can handle a bunch of different tones if the storytelling is good. I can go watch Captain America movies and then I can go watch... Uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy I don't need those movies To be the same I do need them To be directed competently
2: I think at least When it comes to Making a series Or a film About a singular character Like Daredevil mm-hmm. You shouldn't Switch back and forth Between no. lighthearted And darker That's what they've done With Daredevil Specifically And it Like, it's fine if it were two different characters that you switch the tone around. But, like, featuring him in She-Hulk,
1: it made no sense. And it also felt like... Comics-wise, it makes sense in the in, in the larger universe that we have now, considering that the previous version was so iconic, meaning the Netflix yeah. version. It doesn't make now sense. Now that
2: it's on screen and yeah. primarily the what the fans of Marvel uh, see is on screen. Yeah. Like, fans who never enjoyed the comics no. in the first place. That doesn't make any sense anymore. Do
1: you think that, considering me and you have a lot of critiques of how the special effects lead to a lot of uh, the productions feeling soulless, do you think that having their own visual effects house in, in company would go a long way in helping it feel less, uh, less soulless?
2: Well, that is being pitched, but we've also talked about how uh, a lot of their VFX artists have complained that they don't have the proper working conditions, that they're forced to do crunch time, and that it hurts I mean, that's the real, overall that's quality of the CGI that we see, which, you know, noticing the flaws in the VFX uh, takes you out of the story when you're watching it, 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 it especially on the big screen so maybe if they had their own in-studio vfx team then that wouldn't be as big of a problem that they they plan crunch time in almost like it's like planned
1: obsolescence video games right that's a that's a just a sad fact of the video game world is you're going to have crunch time
3: i think the biggest issue for marvel movies in particular that uh, personally takes me out is that i feel everyone is trying to do their best robert dunny junior impression <laughs> Yeah. Like as, as the movies keep going like everyone's just trying to be clever and camp- an int- and can't camp- campy and they're not
1: that They're what, just not that it was almost like it worked for his movies yeah. And then they they thought that it was the formula that worked and not the fact that it was him delivering it That worked. Exactly. and there are some of the actors that can do that But it doesn't need to continue on through all of it But, but that's then- the issue like even
3: if the actor can do it is the is it does yeah. it fit the character
2: why did people seem to dislike Iron
1: Man 2 so, so much? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love Iron Man. It I was lo- just weird. I love all the Iron Man movies. There's like that, they're just... I, I love the first Iron Man so much, but 2 and 3, like, uh, I I don't know. Like, maybe. I saw
2: people arguing over the weekend uh, on Twitter about what's the least liked Marvel film, and Probably. Iron Man 2 was up there for a lot of the responses... I think Captain Marvel was yeah. also in there. Oh, well
1: also there's like like nobody remember. Like I, I don't remember the first thing about the first Captain America movie. I remember lo- nothing. I I remember them having to CGI Chris Evans to look tiny and that's all I remember. Like <laughs> I remember it being very obvious that he didn't look realistic there. I also want to point out guys, the um the spin and the propaganda machine is in full effect cuz as soon as we read this article from the same website we have why phase 4 is the best MCU era. And their reasonings, basically, like "cause we said so." Like, uh, oh my god, well, it's just so different.
2: <laughs> uh, they they have openly said Phase Four of the MCU doesn't make any sense, and it shouldn't have to. Like, the idea just, there is
1: like because Phase One was kind of all over the place because they were getting started. You're not just getting started now. You're, this is a well-oiled yes, machine. Yeah, there should be the, like
2: something formulaic to it. Yeah, rather than being that haphazard.
3: I wonder what Chad thinks. I wonder because. So, because usually the, the most common opinions are, like, the first phase was the best one, because it's just introing everyone, but the second phase is when all the Avengers stuff, like, takes up.
1: I think what they learned is that the only thing they really know how to do are the are, are either uh, Avengers movies or origin stories. Stop doing the stuff in the middle. Like, the that. that I mean, that's not true, because my favorite mm-hmm. is Captain America, Winter Soldier, but, like... In general, these studios do better when they're just doing the origin stories because it's a basic story mm-hmm. to tell and you're not worried about uh, spinning it off into a bunch of other late things. Uh, so it says... <laughs> I, I found this... Like, it's just really funny because like, I feel like what happened with this article is like they wrote the bad one and then somebody was like, well, we, now we got to put something positive up. Who owns these? Like, who owns CBR? Like, I, I feel like I should have looked that up before the show. Like, You know that these are probably all companies that are owned by D- Disney or ABC. Uh... You
2: know what I mean? I mean maybe. I don't I can't corroborate that, it's, but It says a face. it says uh, It is weird how all of these independent journalists or independent or private publications are out here doing damage control for well, Marvel. So, they own- Marvel doesn't even need to do the work of defending their own BS. They rely on the media class and the blue checks and the MCU fans to do it for them.
3: I wonder if Marvel movies were the beginning of Normie's finding PC culture cringe.
1: What do you mean? Explain that.
3: Because similar to how they really can't convey uh Robert Downey Jr's like wit and charm. Mm-hmm. The just like the performative progressive attitudes really just seems
1: like line. I am readline. Yeah. I feel reatline. So uh, CBR is owned by a company called Valnet, and Valnet okay. owns Screen Rant, CBR, Collider, Movie Web, Game Rant, The Gamer, Dual Shockers, uh, and a bunch of. So they own it's all uh, the
2: appearance of
1: competition, but none of the competition. Yeah, <laughs> none of it. So, but that's what I'm saying. It's it's all it all ends up being the same in the end. So. Uh, for me, this is one of those things where they're, they're running their damage crawl. They're doing what they have to do. I have, uh, like the biggest kicker for me was there was no Avengers movie to end phase four because they haven't actually developed a team where people feel connected to any of these people. What do you mean by that? Okay. So like if like they would have had to bring together Cap, uh, they would have to bring together uh Shang-Chi. They would have to have brought together, I guess now Shuri, not, not, uh, not, uh, the ra- uh, T'Challa. Origi- not T'Challa. They would have to have brought together, who else? Thor again, and then who else? They would have... Uh, I don't even remember most of the movies. So I guess you could bring in Spider-Man, but his contract is being renewed. And then who else? Uh, exactly. It's that forgettable. The Eternals. Nobody gives a crap about the Eternals. There, well, there is I no mean,
2: team. I, I don't want to say nobody feels connected to the characters because there are definitely... Die hard fans who do feel connected to the characters and would return for a movie that brought them all together.
1: Yeah. I, That's,
2: a, I mean, isn't secret wars supposed to do that, that in five. the next phase? phase like, five. yeah, I want to really necessarily have to close it out. Yeah.
3: I love X-Men. I would it, love like dude, really cool
1: X-Men. I just watched X-Men like over the weekend. I watched, I rewatched X-Men one and two. Holy crap. The movies were so much 2000. Was that Halle, Halle Berry? 2003. That was how long ago those were made.
2: They uh, are bringing back the X-Men I, movies. I don't like, want them to. I they're don't. going to... They've already announced I that they are know, going to integrate the the X-Men characters into the rest of the MCU soon. In, and that's awesome. in the works. And I've seen like the most annoying people ever vying for yeah, G- getting uh, casted in that.
1: Jean-Carlo Esposito wants to play Magneto. Uh, Kiki Palmer
2: wants to be rogue.
1: Yeah. Um, Kim
2: Kardashian... But what I'm saying is like, it was such a be, different... Wait, what was she vying for? Jack Carlos
3: Posito wants to be who? Uh,
1: Magneto. That'd be kind of awesome. It's up to you. I, he, I
3: mean, he's, he's super... I mean, in Gus, in Breaking Bad, yeah, he was yep. dope.
1: So to me, it's one of those things where... Uh, I do actually like the idea of the the um, the visual effects house being in company because I feel like it could streamline the process. You have to cut down on the streaming shows. We don't need... 37 streaming shows a year nobody cares like you can say you like uh, the fake records all you want but nobody remembers Miss Marvel and she was like a lot of people loved that actress and feel like she did a really good job but is she going to be memorable enough that when they bring it to the movies that average people that didn't watch the shows are going to care
2: all of these younger female Marvel characters are not memorable they're not likable in my opinion
1: well actually wait should we just go in and, and if talk they're about, yes <laughs> yeah. all right uh so i want to talk so that that's a fairly a very good segue so over the weekend the website the mary sue twitter and tmz reported on this it says mary sue uh twitter thread sparks debate on unlikable female leads now the number one thing here guys is that there's no unified definition between the Mary Sue, the website, and the rest of the internet when it comes to what that actually is. So first, before we get started, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you what the Mary Sue defines as a Mary Sue. the website. Which the Mary is Sue is
2: completely different from what everyone on Twitter is referring to. So They're being obstinate.
1: This is what they say. First, let us remind us of what a Mary Sue actually is. Mary Sue is a pejorative term coined by female fanfic writers to describe a protagonist of any gender. Gender, that was clearly the author inserting themselves into their favorite stories in order to achieve some sort of wish fulfillment. The Mary Sue is usually unique uh, is usually unique or powerful in a way not normal for the established universe, but more importantly, uh, the other canon characters would become immediately enchanted or obsessed with the Mary Sue, and their journey would become the central plot of the story, regardless of whether or not it made sense to the actual lore. The problem is, that's not how... 99% of the world defines a Mary Sue. Anymore. Yeah. That's not. So, so uh,
2: I, I have another definition of it from MSN that said uh, they're mislabeled as wait one dimensional characters of misogyny. Okay. So they, they say how men online have defined female characters rather than just like the fact of the matter, which is it's colloquially talking mm-hmm. about one-dimensional female leads who are overpowered, who are generally flawless.
1: Which is funny because I was watching, like I said, I watched X-Men and X-Men 2 this weekend. Haven't seen them in years. Oh my God. Like (laughs) Storm, Rogue, fantastic parts of the X-Men early on, and you do not need to be perfect. They're flawed, they're human, well, they're not human beings, they're mutants, but they're, they're portrayed with flaws, and they're full-fledged characters with actual human emotions that do not get things right all the time. This is the definition according uh, to Google. It says, originally in fan fiction, a type of female character who is depicted as unrealistically lacking in flaws or weakness.
3: That's so funny because the definition that I have is the complete opposite. Yeah. And, and I got it from when I was in college. And so, I, I've told you guys already, but let me explain for the chat. So I got two definitions of it. So one is Mary Sue was a character in Gilligan's Island, and she was the love interest of Gilligan. And essentially, all her personality was around like looking pretty, and she she was just like very soft spoken and feminine. And it's it, it in that point of view, it was typically meant just to be like, uh. Like a shell for whatever, feminine, but yeah. The male w-
2: fantasy?
3: Essentially, but lack like of personality. still
2: makes her one dimensional, just not in the same way that we're talking These about.
3: But in college, I got a different definition, it, and it was more inspired from the Shakespeare character Ophelia, which is from Hamlet, that she was Hamlet's love interest, and essentially, she was very distressed and never like didn't have much of a contribution mm-hmm. she was kind of a placeholder for female and in as far as i've always understood that's mary sue
2: the yeah. phd just jumped out dane
1: yeah Um, masters so here's the problem the the definition doesn't matter because what the general public what the mary sue defines it as doesn't matter because that's not how the regular public sees it and they can cry about it all they want but the average person thinks of a mary sue as a person with no flaws and the i think the idea of them or that they don't have to train to get good at something and i think what's been transposed on that is the idea that they're unlikable because they never get humbled
2: i think that this is uh the quibbling over what the term Mary Sue means is an obfuscation from the real debate, which is does this trope hamper storytelling today in media? Yeah. And this debate originally erupted because an author or ghostwriting author named Joshua Lysik started a thread. Where he said, "Ray, Galadriel, Captain Marvel, Bo Peep, why are modern modern female heroes so unlikable, and what does that mean for us professional writers?" It all starts with Mary Sue, and he defined it as a female protagonist who can overpower foes with ease, but without the backstory to explain her exactly. personality, values, agenda, or those abilities.
3: Sorry, real quick. I just got fat checked live by the chat. Apparently, the Gilligan's character is called Marianne.
2: Uh, so I'm just oh. a
3: freaking idiot.
2: I probably should have fact-checked you on that earlier, Sweet. but I didn't think to. Love it. Sorry.
1: Thank if, you, chat. If a character never gets humbled, people won't identify with them.
2: Mm-hmm. So in in the Star humbled, Wars universe, humbled. in the Star Wars universe, Rey is the Mary Sue. Yes. Luke Skywalker is not no. the Mary Sue. Just because you. Uh, are, like him, are philosophizing yeah. or psychoanalyzing
1: George Lucas to have self-inserted himself into the story? Let's let's talk about Morphe Clark. Let's talk about Galadriel in the show, not in the movies. Not so, Morphe Clark, no, but Galadriel the, Galadriel in the show, not in the movies. So uh, in that one, that is less so much the uh, her her the fact that she can beat up three uh, three guys at once with the swords and everything. It's her personality that. Well, I think that we the have push to address back on like,
2: that is that Legolas did the same yes. thing.
1: So, uh, and here's what I'm saying: when it happens to male characters men and women are different it is not seen as much as much of a flaw in male characters as it is a flaw in female characters because it is more believable in male characters to be standoffish rude obstinate and to be combative that is less natural amongst females
2: which really is kind of insulting to the male audience right that you all as a group are more likely to be standoffish stubborn but a close-minded
1: but a gruff male hero who does what he has to do uh, regardless of what's being said like i I, always, I people always say use house as a reference again that is somebody who is extremely unlikable gets stuff wrong all the time but in the end is always right so he fails a lot and then he succeeds mm-hmm. uh in these movies la, how many times does luke skywalker fail before he succeeds we the the male characters have to be humbled in a way that female characters aren't allowed to be humbled anymore because if you humble a female character in that way it's misogyny
2: i'm trying to think yeah. over what you said. women just, just come
3: with all the lessons in life I mean, already pre-packaged uh, there
2: are redeeming qualities to the that gruff male lead that you're yes. talking about uh, i think that the dissonance comes in when female characters are only supposed to be likable insofar as they imitate those male tropes rather than ways that their personality reflects how they're unique as females yeah. which is like your your potentiality for motherhood really nurturing being warm it's also a universal idea. let me let me being like good at communication yeah. etc like there are so many strengths that could be highlighted that are being ignored in favor of what satisfies feminist screenwriters also
1: let's let's reverse it okay so we don't like it it's less attractive when feet when women act like male characters one i think it's because we understand that that's a writer making it that way in the the modern politic of it all comes out when you when you see that but also we don't like it when it's reversed we talked the other day Nobody likes the panicky male lead. Right. Nobody wants to watch a guy like stutter his way to accidentally succeeding unless you're Shia LaBeouf in the first Transformers movie. That's like the only time it ever worked. Any other time, nobody actually finds it attractive to see a guy be completely ineffectual but still somehow kind of win.
2: Yeah, we're we're not being hypercritical of just female leads. No. We're talking about all of them and how both male and female leads are getting pigeonholed and misrepresented and really uh, to to sit in the armchair psychologist position for a second it is insulting to the audience when they see their own shortcomings on screen it is like when you point out to the male audience members how they have like maybe fallen short as men by putting them in the shoes of this panicky male lead it's hurtful and disrespectful when you point out to the the female audience members that maybe they don't step into their you know feminine roles the way that they should it's also disruptive it's insulting and it's speaking down to them in both cases it's like i i just i don't understand how we are being called misogynist for pointing out lazy writing that is
1: disdain for the audience. I
3: think there's something inherently villainous About having no flaws
1: or not having to like when you see a villain who okay like in a movie right if the villain is the bad guy and he's super OP at the beginning of the movie you don't really see how the villain got to be that way yeah you don't see it till you don't see it until the end when they get beat right so a villain is inherently at the top of his game because he's Mm -hmm. putting his his plan of attack into action which means however long it took him to get that to get to that power level isn't the point of that story that you're watching what the point of the story is what he's putting into action The hero, you need to see how they got there. Especially if you're going to connect these over, you don't have an excuse. If you want to make that excuse over one movie that's an hour and 50 minutes long, you don't have time to show the backstory, I still think that's lazy writing. But when you're making two and a half hour movies connected with eight episodes of a TV show, connected with 19,000 episodes of an audio podcast like they're doing with Batman now, you don't have the right or you don't have the excuse to say that you don't have the time to show their flaws Uh or pretend as if... Uh, what you're showing is that. And that's what they do a lot of times. It's, and part of it, it's just being unlikable. Like, you can actually be flawed and be unlikable, but if you get humbled, I'm a lot more willing to to watch you. Because the, also, in, in terms of story structure,
3: a lot of story structure is based around the hero's journey which we've talked about nonstop on this show. But at least I have. And if you don't have a moment of like rising tension, which a character that's infallible does not have, it's like what are we even doing? It's like brat. You're basically it's a video brag. Yeah. It's a two hour video brag. It's like
1: hey, well, just watch me crush stuff. Well, I and I had um, I knew people that like they would watch shows and they hated it when like the main cast wouldn't w- wouldn't be in conflict, mm-hmm. and that's not really how storytelling works.
2: Yeah, the only reason that you would ever think someone doesn't have flaws. Is if you don't know them well yeah. enough. Th- that means that they are not writing these characters to be known or truly liked by yeah. the audience by not giving them the flaws, by not representing them being in the wrong about anything.
1: It also, just, the men the... are the men are specifically written to be. Lesser than in those cases. The worst examples are when the man is also a bumbling idiot and she has no flaws. Maybe well, she has no flaws and the guy's actually competent. You'll be like, okay, well, they're all just really good at their jobs. Or They're all, they're all, they're very gifted. In the like,
2: case of Galadriel, when she is working in tandem with Hal Brand, I think that there is a way you could push back on calling Galadriel by Morfid Clark, not Kate Blanchett, yes. a Mary Sue. I because th- she does, yeah. I mean, at one point, rely on Hal Brandt to save her life. And then ultimately you find out uh, she trusted that, the guy that she was, was completely guy. duped. And she, like, there was a flaw in her judgment. They also represented her being extremely yeah. narrow-minded. and But they see ha- that as a benefit. She, she had a one-track mind toward revenge for yeah. her brother rather than, uh, you know, really examining the person that she was trying to... Yeah partner with
1: but I don't think they see that as a flaw of her they see that as a uh, a negative trait of him they see that as he duped her not she was duped by him does that make sense it's, it's not that she it's not that she was wrong it's that he was it's evil.
2: two-sided though yeah. and that's only if you have an audience member who's capable of seeing yeah. that
1: um so the in the other thing here the the gender aspect of all of this is inherently political so now anytime we have to do this stuff we're going to have to talk about it because it's written that way but the, you know
3: um we, we can browse over it, but I, I'd like to focus on particularly about the weak writing of it because my issue with it is always, more than the political, it's the there are tough women out there. And it's incredible how often and recurrently they fail to portray a tough woman. Yeah, They've just portrayed a woman pretending to be a guy. And they've never gotten the, the essence of like, when there's like, wow, that's a tough chick, yep. you know. Like, mm-hmm. they they never get it. It's it's as if they they, in you know, they they talk about unconscious bias often. It's as if they have unconscious bias themselves. I was like, well, women are tough, so they just like pretend to be a guy. You know what I mean?
1: Well, there's a lot of. It's way more complicated to write a like a, an actually strong female character because it's way more layered. Uh, a male- I wouldn't
2: even say it's all that complicated. It's just that there's so much disharmony in. The way the the genders relate right now—that Yeah. That even like the people in the audience and the people in the writers' room share an ignorance of what women actually are, yeah. what yeah. their roles are,
1: as and, well as men. And they don't. The, the stories they're writing them into are ones that are inherently for men,
2: right? And, mean, and, and that's where
1: those are traditionally where male heroes go. Not what this ghostwriter
2: pointed out is that Ray starts her story at the end of a hero's journey where she has completed her arc already at the start. And that's not interesting. Nobody wants to watch that. And then I, I saw this absolutely brain dead, but super (laughs) revealing tweet that showed um, these, these actresses who play Ray at Disney world or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're like dressed up to meet the kids and these pictures of those actresses with children cosplaying as ray and they said i don't care what you think of mary Sue's or unlikable female leads this is what matters not your opinion which is and it's like whoa i think that we would have better role models for those little girls if you listen to what we're saying instead of drawing a line in the sand the second you get pushback
3: also there's always been female role models it's just that now they're bad
2: (laughs) yeah like just because the children of today are are settling for an inadequate one doesn't mean that
1: that's where we should end I, i look back at my list of like 25 to 50 television shows that all starred women that uh all have strong female characters and the number one thing that you find amongst all of them is depth Depth of character, uh, they have flaws. They're not just not just in their job. A lot of times, they're really really good at their job, but their flaws are in their personal life. So, uh, a, a big trope in from both genders, is like you're a rock star at work, but your personal life's a mess. You know what? You know
3: what? I think the they lack the current ones also like like a not only depth but intellect as well. Because when I think of like a like a strong chick character, I immediately go to Catwoman, and the thing about her. And her interaction with Batman is that he's like this genius ninja, rich boy, but she always like kind of had like the mental advantage over him often. Like she, she'd make him more than anyone question his own moral code mm-hmm. and kind of like the hypocrisy in what he does and what he stands for. And that like a strong woman makes you think that. Yeah. Like. That because they just inherently see or in, and feel the world differently.
1: It, it works like I think it's also it's like these characters are not like traditionally feminine characters. The reason why Black Widow works so well or spy characters work so well is because it's at, there's a long history of women being spies. And using uh, their feminine energy, you know, their uh, and not, the, their
2: brute not, not their brute force.
1: I watched. Um, I remember the show Nikita, the two, the the CW version of Nikita, not the Femme Nikita, starring Maggie Q. And there's some of that that she's like very much um, like she can beat up dudes, and and they do the thing. That was the early days of that. But a lot of it is just infiltrating dinners in a dress that will get you into when you're a beautiful woman Mm -hmm. and on top of that she's a a wreck and a mess in her personal life who can't commit to anyone because of the trauma of being raised basically as a super soldier for a government organization there's depth there there's character there can
2: you imagine a movie or TV show starring a male lead that uses his sex appeal to dupe people and Um, get info
1: I mean I've never seen that James Bond kind of does that Sometimes, mm-hmm, yeah. he in fact in in mm-hmm. die, bit, yeah. in Tomorrow Never Dies, he has to get information on Jonathan Price's organization. He runs an an evil newspaper organization. Imagine that! Uh, he has to dupe his. Uh, he gets information by he dated his wife in college, or like he like where he had like a thing with the guy's wife in college, and he has to get information from her by basically being like, "Hi, I'm the guy." You he
3: sleeps started. with in one of the Daniel Craig movies. He sleeps with a chick just to get information on. The, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: In the in the very beginning of Casino. So that's okay a, that's that's, an that's a notable
2: see exception ja- james but... bond <laughs> i i won't lie like it's it is jarring and yeah. at the same time you do see him get into physical combat situations yeah. so it's not mutually exclusive
1: it's just never gonna feel but like when women this
2: this one ridiculous tweet said uh why why don't people ever complain when these kind of characters are men because men like john wick like why? Why does no one complain when male characters act like men? Hmm. Yeah, how, big how mystery that? there.
1: Well, also they, they, they go. There's a lot of work done into John Wick to build the lore of the character. Not so much shown as uh, in the very first movie when, um, when the nephew. I'm sorry, when the when the Russian mob boss's son. Uh, when they find out that he's the one who killed John Wick's dog and and stole his car, they go into the whole long story. We talks about how he killed three people in a bar with a pencil and that the only reason he was able to get out of the organization was by completing in a, a task that everyone thought was impossible. Even if they don't show it, they go into the effort of explaining to you all of this stuff that he had previously accomplished and had to work to get to where he was. And it's different when it's a guy. Yeah. It just is. And I
3: just think this is a misconception of the grievance that we have as well. Like The grievance is not that the, the woman is all-powerful and has strength. It is that she is only that. Yeah. Is that that she is infallible, perfect, mm-hmm. perfect opinions, and even nothing if there's can stop an her.
2: individual example that we're wrong about calling yeah. them a Mary Sue, it's kind of come to the point where like we don't care. It's the unlikable it's, part. That it's the recurring women. theme that we're criticizing and. If they've made this trope so prolific in Hollywood that we are not able to distinguish between well-written and not well-written female characters, that's on them, not on us. And
3: also, it's the same reason why people like me don't like Superman. It's that his his only flaw is that he his fifi's get hurt, get hurt every once in a while. But um essentially Superman is like a narrative tool more than a person yeah. because he, he There's apparently Nothing that In the universe That can stop him Except for like a, a Rock
1: Or even Okay Sarah Walker In Chuck Is a character That like Chuck. She's kind of a uh The show Chuck Um She's like a Mary Sue in the sense that she like, she can beat up a bunch of dudes. She's a CIA officer. She's tiny, but she's like emotionally kind of a wreck. And you identify like maybe, maybe the flaws don't have to be in your professional life. Maybe Mm -hmm. the flaws have to be that you're willing to be vulnerable about other aspects of who you are. But the problem is they don't have the intelligence to write that stuff into the scripts or it'll be written so badly that people won't identify with it anyways. Also, let's face it. If, If we're talking about Mary Sue and that they're this good at this... this, If a woman... If you show me a scene where a woman... Uh, where John Wick takes 10 headshots and hits 10 people 10 out of 10 times. I will be that believe that every bit as much as I would believe if they have hot chick number one goes in and infiltrates a dude and like takes a d- dude out by pretending she wants to sleep with him and then gives him an injection to in the neck. That won't feel off to me. That won't feel weird to me because I can buy that that would happen every time. Now, buying that a woman would be able to beat a dude three times her size in hand-to-hand combat 10 times out of 10 times, I'm not going to believe that because it's not inherently normal.
2: Yeah, I've harped on this before, but it's so much more interesting yeah. to see women's capacity for evil in a realistic way that it is performed in the real world. Yeah. And but that's why true crime is uh, on the rise yeah. with female leads. Like, we want to see women and in, like, roles that they have a capacity to act monstrously.
1: Like, we're not seeing that at all in fact most of the now that i'm looking at my list most of the examples that i'm seeing here it's not even that they're super flawed in their professional lives it's that they're willing to be that they're willing to show you that they're vulnerable in other aspects of their life sydney bristow in alias is extremely you know her dad her relationship with her family all of this stuff like leads to a character that's far more interesting than somebody that just happens to be good at being a spy for the government like, just do the work. Write the extra scene in there. If you have to get rid of something else, get rid of it. If, uh, like, you can write a story that's mediocre, but with good, with good character development, and people will be a lot more forgiving. Mm-hmm. Like, like put the time in. To yeah. do. Especially if you're going to put all these people in series, do that. But they won't do that. She-Hulk, they don't allow her to be vulnerable without being snarky. Right, You have to be snarky. That's the other thing. Kill the snark. Oh, my God. Unlikable Mm. is code for snark. They cannot do that because the internet has bred a culture of snark that they write now into the dialogue. But as we know, you don't talk to people in the real world the way you talk to people on Twitter. And everyone who's writing now writes a scene as if they're talking to people on Twitter.
3: By the way, someone in chat said that the girl in Bullet Train yeah, like she she was a good uh, female villain, Joey King. Nice. And you know what's interesting? I
1: just saw it this weekend. Guys. She, it's freaking really good. She
3: kind of had some of the girl boss problems. It's like you don't know how frustrating it is to be a woman to be to put in these positions. But she came at it from a realistic perspective and angle. Yeah, and that's what again like these people don't have. It's it, like,
2: well, the realistic perspective for Joey King's character, uh, I believe she was she was called the Prince. In the movie, yeah. yeah, is like not being accepted for being female,
1: yeah. So she had to resort to and the dumb brother, all of got, this deception yeah. Yeah. to make up for it. And she used the she used her feminine, like looking like a little girl, to her yeah. advantage, right? That's believable that people identify with that. A person could be like, I could see if if this chick showed up next to a dead body and played like, I have no idea what happened. Like uh, yeah. people, your inherent desire to like protect someone s- smaller and weaker than you would kick in and you would at very least, at the very least question. It. In fact, they made that a point where Tangerine <laughs> is like, he's like, you are so good at, or no, is, or is it, uh, is it the other guy?
3: Not is feminist. It, feminist would have clocked her in the face like, the, don't believe is you.
1: It, <laughs> t- is it uh, Tangerine? It's Tangerine. It's been too right? long since <laughs> I saw and, it. I, I do and, 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 uh, and the other one, like he's like you are so good at this cuz she's like lying to him and he knows that she's lying. Oh yeah, yeah. But he
2: but keeps But even like, after you realize that she's lying, but you're, you're so still good at invested. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So it's just you can do it guys. Just write better. Like and, and don't listen to the feminists because they're just like if the superpower is to have 40 cats and write snarky things on Twitter then yes, that's fine. But otherwise don't listen to them. Let's, Let's go, super, to super chats.
2: chats. Rega Tan said, "Haven't watched PCC lately? Fixed my sleep.
1: Tell twelve hour difference." Wow! Also, wow. welcome back. And uh, welcome back. Are yeah. there any games you would like to recommend to Dane or other guests?
3: I'm guessing it's Elden Ring.
1: We've got. We've got. A, no, he moved on from Elden Ring. He's Whoa. moved on from Elden. Yeah. We've got a guest on Gross. Friday who I believe will love the suggestion.
2: <laughs> Carnell said, "Happy late birthday, PCC." Can we spam the chat with? Uh, he he, like sent a bunch of emojis for these fine hosts and guests, keeping us entertained and up to date with the crises that is our pop culture. Hail PCC! Thank,
1: dude, look, I, yeah. I I can't believe I forgot. It was literally the the one year of the YouTube uploads on. I thought uh, uh, that
2: that was in November, no, uh, though, so I'm I got sorry, confused. Of
1: the Spotify. So the first full episode came out on December 2nd on Spotify. Some clip, okay. The clips went up on November 30th. But yeah, I consider the, the day of the full show going out to be the anniversary okay. of the show. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Thank you, Mary, for being the best uh, partner you could possibly have. Dane, for being the best partner. Main guest host uh, a guy could possibly have. We have been don't tell the other
2: main guest hosts. The other main guest
1: hosts. Uh, it's just been uh, it's been an honor and a pl- I said this. So I said it's an honor and a pleasure to be able to to do this for people because so much of the last several years of my life has been spent kind of using podcasts and YouTube as a way of kind of uh, getting through the day to day. And I identify and have a lot of respect for those creators because they've helped me through hard times. And if That doesn't have to be necessarily getting through hard times, but if we can be a part of your day every day, that's an honor. I see so
2: many people say, I listen to you guys at work. I listen to you guys on the drive there or just like on their road trips or just like throughout their days. It's some like conversation that you can kind of feel like you're a part of. And I, uh, I really like seeing comments like that. Like that, we're part of people's
1: lives in a way. It's crazy, huh? Like it's it's one of those things. Like I always feel weird about the people who like seem to. It's why the celebrities who seem to like hate their audience. Like I don't get that. Where they're like they seem so resentful of like the people who uh-huh. who like like them. Like
2: like even the people that dislike us that actively hate us. I don't really. feel it mutually. No, How no. would
3: you? We're so cute, right? Yeah.
2: Like, well, you know, like if, if we're so like, toxic. <laughs> well, also, like,
1: look if you if you disagree with us or you don't like our takes and you take the time to comment, thank you. Like that's like <laughs> I appreciate, and you have Kill the right him with to your kindness. opinion. That's that is my approach.
2: Waffle Sensei said Luke literally loses the fight and his hand in Empire Strikes Back. He has to go back and finish his training to beat Vader. Women's story arcs, according to Hollywood, is all about not being held back.
1: Well, yeah, because the only thing holding them back is patriarchy.
2: I mean, in Galadriel's case, you could definitely say, like, given that she's lived for, like, a thousand years Mm -hmm. and she has gone through... Like the complete yeah. collapse of her society And she's extremely angry and yeah. vengeful I understand why she is the way she is And you can also see And they showed you How she used to be When she was a child Yeah, That, that she still had like a smile on her face Like it makes sense in that context But at I least. still feel like but that's I... more of
1: a male story arc Than a female story arc At least in the context of war and battle which is yeah. why people have a problem. And with that's
2: it. also not the personality that she had when she was played by Kate Keep Blanchett. On. So it just doesn't make sense.
1: Also, I want to point out, like, this is like, a, I've been watching Tulsa King, guys. It's so good. Mary hates it. I love it. And yeah. every episode, I feel like there's literally a, a writer's room note that every episode has to have at least one or two really, really cringy lines. Literally will,
2: all of the lines are really, really cringy. Well,
1: in, in this case, I'm saying that, that date it as a current year show. In episode two mm-hmm. or something... Stallone gets like high, like his character gets high and starts talking about pronouns. He's like, oh, "What's no. it? What is it with these pronouns?" But there's another one where they're in the weed shop and his driver is like, he looks at a dude with dreads and he goes, "Look, kind of corny, bro. Some cultural appropriation right there. Like, dude." dreads are a stoner thing every bit as much as anything else shut up and then there's another funny one where like the they talk about how there's literally like a like a biker gang full of like militants of course because it's oklahoma so they have to have the atf and it's it's probably going to turn into white supremacy in the next few episodes but she's like they talk about how they they have like a woman there who's like a weapons specialist and 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 an expert in um bomb disposal and stuff and they're like and then she left the army they're like well she probably hit the glass ceiling and I'm just like, uh, like in, in the show, yeah. so good. the show is so much fun. Otherwise, anytime Stallone is playing the wise guy, I'm having a ball anytime. And there's actually the, the driver character the, the, that you meet in the first mm-hmm. episode. He has some surprisingly amazing scenes with his dad in the show. His dad's like a plumber and, you know, he's a blue collar guy, gets up, goes to work every day and now sees his son who's driving a car for uh, basically a gangster and talking about the idea of like, look like how you you have to make something of yourself in the world like you don't want to be going on this path cuz you're taking the easy way like cuz he's got all this money mm-hmm. all of a sudden and they're having these great discussions about what it means to uh to become a man to become responsible to become who you are in the world it's surprisingly poignant and then it gets ruined by somebody mentioning the glass ceiling amongst a chick who just who blows stuff up
2: well it's kind of doing that fish out of water theme that they did with johnny in the beginning of cobra kai yeah but the wrong way
1: <laughs> yeah yeah they they did like they do it with stallone pretty like when and it he lasted the, too long the there's like i mean he's still doing in the episodes he's two like and three. what's uber yeah in like, episodes I, I can't in episodes <laughs> two and three he's like getting his license again and he goes this is why people commit crimes because it's such a complicated process to like yeah. go to the government like because he wants to open a bank account and they're like how do you open a bank i was like you need an id Where do I get an ID? You got to go, like, and they go through all these steps. Like,
2: like he didn't have an ID in the 90s before he went to jail.
1: But he did, but they're like, you can't use this because it expired in 98.
2: (laughs) Well, that was a thing when he went to prison.
1: But they're, but they're pointing out that there's all these steps that you okay. have to do that like this is why people commit crimes because the government makes everything a freaking hassle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Quick Savelt said, The original Mary Sue was an original character that was written for a Star Trek fanfic who stole major moments from the characters and who had no major flaws. The
1: key there is no major flaws. And the, and the funny thing is there's a name for, for, a, for a fanfic self-insert it's called a Mm -hmm. (laughs) self-insert. That's not a Mary Sue. That's just a self-insert. That's like what they talk about with Mariko Tamaki's character and I Am Not Starfire and a lot of these other ones. Mm -hmm. A lot of these, like you you look at these characters that are written as like unlikable they're overweight they're stupid, like they're, they're really mean and snarky to everyone and then you look at a picture of the person writing it and you're like oh yeah well write what you know
2: i mean what does it matter if we call it the mary sue or not we, we're talking about a trope that exists we'll come up with a new name for it then that's
1: how they that, but that's how they uh get you off the topic though they distract you by making it it's about so that dishonest part it. yep. dude
3: it's funny so the the definition i got from mary sue from college was wrong
2: yeah, you know, it happens. I mean, pretty much High every education. definition that you get from college will be wrong. Incredible.
1: So. Fake news in college.
2: Gross John said, also the current day, Mary Sue is usually surrounded by fake, weak men. Yeah. I don't think the male action heroes of the past weren't about dunking on weak women. No,
1: they were about saving the woman, but you can't save the woman anymore because the woman can't be saved because that's not feminist and that's misogyny to allow a woman to be saved by a man.
2: Yeah, it's like if you... Ever need a man You're a failure
1: They've demonized They've demonized The traditional relationship So much If
2: women were self-sufficient They wouldn't need men In order to create life
1: And if men were self-sufficient They wouldn't need Well Exactly you They wouldn't I mean? need it's, to... it's a symbiotic yes, relationship it's like... it's like But they've demonized Every layer of male Back to the basics th- They've demonized Every level of human connection Think of the term fridging Which is just like You know A character Like the woman The trope of the woman They find I don't remember which character it was Caper uh, 2x You'll have to remind me Who it was That they found uh, The wife dead In a refrigerator And that's how Like That's his call to action But that's because Protecting loved ones Or avenging the death Of a spouse Or a family member Is an inherently human idea like it's something you would want to do if something bad happened to a family member right mm-hmm. and that's not that's not diminishing the woman that's elevating the man it's just that it's the man's story in this instance yeah
3: like my so. Memento the greatest well, movie I remember. or
1: or think they did it with the, the the Jennifer Garner movie Peppermint um, where her husband and her son or daughter whatever ones were killed was it called fridging then no because my feminism
2: Big Dave on his alt account sent us 99 cents without a (laughs) message. I
1: didn't see the extra G. Joel D Valdez sent us a rose. Wait, is that an extra D or has big Dave always been two?
2: It's always been one G, but he's gone on his alt account now. All right. Uh, Let's just read one more and then we'll move on. Porco Rosso Forever said, you guys watch any of Wednesday yet? The world is cool. I want to like it, but it's pretty flawed. Having a hard time getting
1: through and the main character beats up groups of guys with slow moves. I love it. I have not. I spent, like I said, I caught up on Tulsa King this weekend and I I spent my weekend watching Bullet Train, X-Men 1 and 2, uh, and yeah, and and like old stuff for me this weekend. I should should be watching I am planning
2: on eventually watching Wednesday all the way through. Yeah. Um, just because it it seems visually appealing.
1: Yeah. And
2: a lot of people are talking about Jenna Ortega right now. Yeah. So I would like to know, at least for my own curiosity. Anyway, let's get into Liver King, a big scandal that's happened on the internet recently, which I love.
3: Me too. (laughs) She loves it.
2: He is an influencer slash YouTuber who is all about self-improvement, Fitness and eating raw animal organs and bone marrow.
3: He's freakishly
1: jacked. Didn't the he, uh, yes? Didn't the dude from the 1975 eat a bunch of raw meat on stage recently?
2: Yeah, his name is Maddie Healy. He he was eating raw meat or like raw beef on stage and after saying like. I don't know how to be a liberal man anymore, so I stopped trying. I'm
1: picturing him like watching a bunch of Liver King videos right before to get in the zone. zone.
2: Yeah, so Liver King recently got exposed by another self improvement slash fitness YouTuber called More Plates More More. Dates. More plates, more dates. Yeah. And this YouTuber showed a leaked email in which Liver King admits to using an extensive regimen of steroids. Over twelve thousand (laughs) dollars worth per month, three injections per day. Wow! And it's a huge scandal because he is known for peddling supplements and his own uh, diet plan uh, for ancestral or primal eating that involves you know all of these these nutrients from raw liver, raw bone marrow. That's how you
1: get to be his size. He he.
2: He just snacks on these raw organs on his Instagram reels and says, like, if you stick to my regimen, you'll look like me. Well, actually, his physique is artificial. So, in this email, he says, I know how to eat, train, rest, and recover. Uh, He said, but as I've reached my mid-40s, it's getting harder. And the back fat effing kills me.
1: (laughs) It's a rough one, man. Dude, also, his
3: temper is terrible. Like, he... He would give incredible pushback to the most ridiculous questions.
2: He vehemently denied ever taking yeah. steroids. And he's only admitted to it because he was forced to. Yeah, And people are saying that his apology video titled Liver King Confession, I Lied, is Whoa. inauthentic. Because he doesn't admit that there are inherent health risks to taking steroids, even if you do so with medical supervision and he doesn't give people their money back for all of the products they bought from him under the impression that it would give them the same results
3: i mean if you saw this guy and you thought that he was all natural you deserve to buy I
2: don't think that's totally fair because most people aren't familiar with weightlifting or what those results look like most people are uninitiated to like distinguishing steroid physiques and natural physiques and he relied on their ignorance to be able to peddle them these
1: products. I, isn't there like laws against like what you can use for advertising? Like you're not allowed to use um, like in like for cereal, you have to use actual milk and they used to not use actual milk for the ads or something like that. You know, in, in pancakes, when
3: they're doing photo shoots, yeah. they get um, oil from cars. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the pan- because they, it's on, I don't know the reason the scientific reason but it doesn't make him get uh, soggy
1: they also use something else to do the foam at the top of beer like when when they do that like those are all tricks that they use for advertising use in to burgers buy and let's they face put it,
3: cardboard in between everything yes
1: yeah and let's face it that burger that you buy at mcdonald's never looks exactly like it looks in the ad
3: they always hold it like this
1: yeah i i don't <laughs> like think it's comparable though no it's not no because I'm just being this typical. This is more contrarian. like
2: a cult of personality in a way. He's selling this persona that he plays on YouTube and Instagram. Yeah. His lifestyle, where he sleeps on a wooden board, he doesn't use the internet at his home, and. In reality, he has a team of people helping him construct this image.
1: Dude, this is like, people need to understand that so much, if you have a, if you follow a YouTuber and they have like millions of followers, it's not just them.
2: Of course. Very rare. And also in this leaked email, he's, this is in June, 2021. He says he's already written out a plan by that point to get to a million subscribers By March 2022. And he did exactly that. He went uh, beyond that on Instagram. So it's working out for him. And it's because he planned this whole thing ahead of time. He already had successful businesses before he was a public figure. And it's like, if the money means that little to you, why aren't you refunding the people that you misled?
1: Yep. And if you were
2: already rich and successful, why do you still need the validation from people on the Internet?
3: But the the half the fun of Liver King was watching him be like, "Wow, that guy's really juiced up."
1: <laughs> look, Here, that should be, that should just be his brand. Like, hey, dude, yeah. look at me. I'm just I'm just out of my mind on steroids. <laughs> I
2: mean, I guess that's his bag now. Now that everyone knows, He'll but he would have it. never admitted it of his own accord, and that's no. really telling. Huh? Well, he he relied on lying to his audience to make money and. It's exploitative. Yeah, they should have known better. They should have done their research. Whatever, whatever. But most people aren't familiar enough with the with like what the results of natural weightlifting are to understand the difference in efficiency. Mary bought and, a bunch of
3: livers. <laughs>
2: like, he's also discrediting the regimen that he purports to have used for his results. Like. I don't want people to see this situation and think, like, eating these nutrient-rich diets is, uh, you know, invalid now because Liver King was a fraud and he did that. Like, he's discrediting the merits of the ideas that he's putting out there. I mean, on his website, he has some very solid advice. He has these, like, nine tenets of an ancestral lifestyle. (laughs) So, the idea here is, sleep eating uh moving shield which is uh, avoiding dangers like excessive wi-fi emfs seed oils man-made poisons he talks about the need for connection and being grounded he talks about uh the need to like face adversity have sunlight as like part of your daily regimen, these are all
1: very like standard, very fitness. basic stuff. They're very standard fitness pushing, like uh, talking points, right? Yeah. But the thing is, he needed to look the way he did and have the gimmick that he had to making a uh, to make a dent, right? Uh, and I think okay, so. I think about The Rock now, too. Like, we have The Rock, who's like uh, Joe Rogan. Obviously, also juicing. Joe Rogan says that uh, there's no way that The Rock is not not juicing.
2: And Joe Rogan called out Liver King, too. Yeah, exactly. All the way back in August, he was like, come on. Like, just look at the guy. And
1: by the way,
3: no one would know more than him. Like Joe Rogan well, he, has seen jack guys being the hell out of each other more right. than pretty much anyone in existence. Well, and
1: Rogan talks about doing hormone replacement therapy. Oh yeah, and, he's probably like that. So even
2: if someone isn't currently on a regimen of steroids, if they used to be on steroids, it still changes the entire
1: arc of how they got to where they are now. They need to find a way, like, uh, like just admit to it. Like I, I don't care. Like I, it's I a don't self-esteem care. thing, and yeah. I hate that
2: like liver king's apology video basically casted himself as one of the victims when he was the one misleading people he said i'm i have severe self-esteem issues that made me rely on the on the help of steroids to get the physique i have i work out so hard because of my body image problems and it's like he was trying to relate to his audience in that way without recognizing that he has he has completely misled and lied to them for money.
1: It would it's if you're selling like here's the thing. If he was just an influencer that wasn't selling a product and this was just about followers, like I wouldn't care. I mean it's like, still
2: wrong I mean, I to still lie, don't. I think, because He's he's claiming, okay, that he is a role model for all of these young men. And he said, like, the 15-year-old boys out there. Like, he targets an audience of teenage or early 20s guys who idolize him. Yeah. And knowingly lies to them about how he got to where he is now. Even if he weren't selling them products, that's still gross. That's yeah. still a slimy tactic. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I... <laughs>
1: Is the idea that you're selling them that you're going to look exactly like me, or the idea that if you if you follow these tenets that I've laid upon you, that your life will be better?
2: Well, even if it's not what you say outright, like you're going to look just like me, like like I, it's don't still see implied, it. and it's still what any impressionable teenager would think. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I don't have a problem with somebody like so. Is the idea here that oh, oh, look at that? Listen, to, listen to that, guys.
2: Thank you.
1: I can't do my dance.
2: Christmas It's just weird
1: now <laughs> Yeah there's no dance Right now yeah. And I like the lights you can't now. can't It is our holiday season Lights for Christmas parties Yeah Or do we call it, Are they Christmas parties now And not crisis parties
2: Yeah yeah It's our office
1: Christmas party We have every single day I guess that's what we're doing We're having Christmas parties uh, <laughs> I like it. I feel um, like I
3: should hand out cookies.
1: That would be, that would be good. Uh, well, would they be steroid-infused cookies that would get us jacked so that we can sell our own product? Bone marrow cookies, like, yum. I mean, oh. I think <laughs> do, I think about all the people who sell, okay, let me rephrase. I know a lot of like people in skating, like there's skating companies now even that are selling like supplements. Supplements are a big okay. thing amongst podcasts to sell. Do I buy that all the people that I listen to podcasts for selling those supplements actually use them? <laughs> no, I, I do, do not.
3: My favorite is when people are shilling um the, the Manscaped. Under- no, she- sheath underwear. <laughs> I those are my favorites like guys I used to buy underwear like just like everyone. Regular now, underwear. Let me tell you about this pouch and just like <laughs> okay dude.
1: Like, I I get what you're like yeah, like visually like yes he's not he's not being honest to them but I I don't know if necessarily that that makes what he's saying bad it just makes him like a, a a slimy person.
2: What I find I, sinister about this is that there's obviously a lack of male role models yeah. in this day and age, and he's exploiting that that gap in the market to represent this lifestyle to younger men who who are like unbeknownst to them, like don't yeah. have the same advantages that he has.
3: Me, me and Brett are right. Then here. would
1: the then would the okay then then would the, the path forward be then I think he has a path forward to redemption. Like look, I made these mistakes uh and he admits it. He lets his body go back to a normal size and he continues he pushing can't.
3: He, he'll get super like he'll get like incredibly sick. Like right. once you, well,
1: if he's doing
2: this with medical supervision, he could plan of to go off of them, them eventually. I yeah.
3: mean, it's not easy weighing down from those. But things.
1: the the point is like, okay, so like says like, look, I'm taking these I'm taking these things under a doctor's supervision. I am not advocating that you do that. I'm advocating that you follow these tenets of, of what I also follow. And say like, look, I'm not saying that you're going to look like me. I'm saying that you're going to feel like me. And he openly admitted that he feels terrible about he, himself. He's and steroid king. I mean,
2: okay. Like, I mean, being on steroids also yeah. is known to emotionally dysregulate yeah. people who take them. His By the message, a long shot, like it makes you a dangerous person
3: yeah, to be he, around. That's what I'm saying. He's like super hostile.
1: So yeah. the message. So, the, so we think that the that the original like the method the message has to go out with the fact that he's a liar.
2: I think that this video that he made did more harm than good because he didn't recognize the inherent risks to what he's doing. He just says, like, oh, I'm doing it with medical supervision, so it's fine. And now that I admit it, it's it's no problem. It's great. Like, he's not telling the viewers that what he's doing Is inherently dangerous
3: I feel like he has to like tiger blood lean into it you know like he has to be like
1: I love steroids I I mean I think of it the same way that I hear um, people push therapy and like uh, I, I'm under a therapist supervision and I'm taking uh, anti... Uh, I'm taking uh, SSRIs or I'm taking antidepressants. Like, so yeah, like, do you know how dangerous antidepressants are if you go off them without uh, without weaning off? All I medication wouldn't say the
2: physical... Da- the like, actual physiological risks are the same,
1: though. Withdrawal from antidepressants is one of the worst things you can go through. It's almost as bad as uh, going off of Xanax without... Like, uh, are you talking about SSRIs? Like... Uh, like like, like an antidepressant. Like if you go off an antidepressant cold turkey, it can be just as bad as quitting Xanax cold turkey. Can you? I, I, it depends on how long you've been on it. For possible psychological
2: effects, but that's not always true. And Was there a medical
1: reason for him to be on?
2: No, series? no. So, he, he, in this leaked email, said yeah. that he is doing this just to get faster results because he has a business plan to follow. Yeah. It's Uh, very obvious that this was calculated and premeditated.
1: Then he has to turn his business model into like, don't take shortcuts. Don't don't do this. Don't do this like I do. But he
2: didn't even denounce... The practice yeah. of, of relying on steroids to get your results. He just denounced the fact that he lied about it. And that's what PewDiePie, when he roasted this apology video, was saying. <laughs> PewDiePie also promotes self-improvement. He promotes weightlifting and fitness. Yeah. He himself looks like he's in great shape. He promotes, you know, reading he's books. Yep. He, he does like a book review Type of thing on his channel
1: Papa Swolio is funnier anyway There's a guy named Papa Swolio who just does a bunch of videos Where he spits out coffee and goes go to the freaking gym There are so many
2: great alternatives But now like Liver King because he has A stupid schtick on Instagram reels Is going to get the most publicity Dude
3: I'm so sad that Mr. Beast Beat uh, PewDiePie Why? Because PewDiePie rules And there's something about Mr. Beast that I mean it's an interesting channel But it's just not my generation
1: Oh, so you're just being bigoted towards a different generation.
2: Possibly. Has a lot of young followers though.
3: Yeah, I mean, if infamously his army of like 12-year-olds. But um I don't know, he he just comes off The thing about him is that he rules, whereas uh, Mr. Beast is like, "I wonder what I'll make you do next," you know?
1: Yeah, it's his thing. Which, I, I know They've but all got their things
3: That's what I'm saying Like it may It may just be that It's like a generational thing And I, I, I don't get it Which I'm very proud of
1: So then I want to ask Like does uh, does this Like say The Rock Has to eventually Come out and admit this Does he just like What happens like, For The
2: Rock, I think it's a little bit different because he's not a traditional, you know, influencer that oh, peddles he, fitness products. No,
1: but he he, he peddles fans.
2: He's he, just an on-screen personality.
1: But he talks all the time that how he's natural and that he has he runs this insane fitness regime that uh, mm-hmm. regimen that got him to the size he's at, and he's always talking about that. I'm in mm-hmm. the gym at 4 a.m. every day.
2: I mean, I guess the only way that we would ever get confirmation whether or not he uses them is if he were to go back into like a competitive
1: sport he would you know, have, where well, he get w-
2: tested
1: wwe has uh like drug testing but right. i think that it's limited like if you're not a full-time compet, like a, a full-time employee like you don't yeah. get tested so so likely we'll never know i mean the same the same thing happened with uh brock lesnar got caught using them uh, after one of his mma mma fights nobody cares because brock mm-hmm. lesnar rules so it doesn't like to me, wow. like it, because they're selling products is right. It's different. Like if you're selling a product uh, based on self-improvement, that's different than saying, look, I'm the best fighter.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Like then you're just cheating, but I don't really care.
2: Yeah. No <laughs> one goes to liver Kings Instagram and thinks, uh, yeah, he just acts like this all the time. He's exactly the bombastic personality. He presents himself to be 24 seven. Yeah. No one thinks that, but maybe they, they were misled. To think that he got his results by sheer willpower, and that's more harmful than anything. There's this pervasive idea that men don't struggle with as many self-esteem issues about their body as women do, but I think, if anything, it's equal because their influences are on both sides of the aisle— peddling these lies
1: then okay then do the female influencers the, for who the gets, female influencers who liposuction or the female influencers yeah. who get plastic surgery when selling a fitness regime are they just as culpable Dude, it's like not nice. just
2: that it's the the equivalent is female influencers who are extremely skinny who use like tiktok for instance to make videos about like what they eat in a day mm. and it's like a normal like two thousand calorie a day diet. When we all know that's not what they yeah. do, and it's an exceptional day of a month full of restrictive their, dieting.
1: They only share their cheat day, but right? Exactly. Like, as a guy who's str-
3: like, I've been like close to like three hundred pounds a couple of times, and I'm I'm like six three six four, so like three three hundred pounds isn't that egregious, but it's still like pretty crazy um dude i was like super self-conscious when i I was getting up there and this is just my my thing by the way i'm not saying to do it but what worked for me every single time is when someone roasted me and fat shamed me you heard it here first i'm I'm I'm
2: not anti-fat shaming
3: i i'm not saying it's for everyone but i know personal i think it's more effective for men Let's just keep yeah, it that probably. way. But yes. like when when I got roasted for being fat and having man tits, like that was the, <laughs> that was so, the thing.
2: So like, There's something to be said for that. But if people want to seek that out, they'll find it.
1: So like, is this different? Like if a woman is selling her, uh, like how would it work for a woman? If, if a woman is selling a her body on OnlyFans, is that a fake body that is being advertised to the public?
2: I mean, not necessarily women. So
1: she would have to be selling some type of uh, women are selling
2: something to other women that they are effortlessly skinny. Yeah, basically, or that if they have plastic surgery, they were born that way. Yeah, Um, it's about showing something as uh, advertising something as effortless. Using that to sell like flat tummy tees.
1: Yeah. I mean, what I love about most of the people on fitness Instagram is like most of them are like the anti-excuse people, whether how much of it is just a ploy to to sell a a gimmick or an image. I I love it either way. The people who are like, look, nobody's going to make you put in the work. Like you have to get up every like Chet Hanks Mm -hmm. every day. Up at 4 a.m. doing burpees, um, talking about how quit making freaking excuses. I don't really care if the dude uses uh, steroids if he's also up at 4 a.m. every day putting in the work. I'm not expecting That's more
2: on the male side of the spectrum. When it comes to, like, female influencers in fitness or, like dieting body image it's more excuses and more positive reinforcement that means nothing
1: yeah guys don't really care about the reinforcement i mean like like most of the time it's like why are you like why are you settling for like being appeased with yourself right now keep going Mm -hmm. like like there's not an end goal really it's just to keep getting better
2: and there is a short a shortage of that message that calls you to a higher you know, like, calls you higher and to do more rather than making excuses for yourself, yes. Yeah. But, like, clearly the liver king was <laughs> making excuses for himself and his shortcomings. Yeah, for sure. And I think that this just shows, like, don't buy what you see on the internet. No, and ever. And don't let someone sell you an idea uh, that they are the man that you should be or the woman that you should be. That That's not... That's a two-dimensional thing that you're yeah. looking at on a phone.
1: Yeah. It's not a real person. And a lot of work goes into making it look that easy. I right? He yeah. has a team
2: of, like, 20 people yeah. doing this for him.
1: The it's biggest, a product being sold to you. The biggest
3: lesson in all of this is that there's never an easy solution. Like, whoever's selling you an yeah. easy solution to a complex problem is lying to yep. you.
1: Politicians. Correct. Politicians. I mean, yeah. All right, let's go mm-hmm. to Jets. Uh,
2: healthy Minds said... Oh, sorry. Joel D. D- Valdez said, D- "Do you got solutions to sleepiness without energy drinks, without taking days off?" And thank you for your amazing show.
3: Exercise and diet. It's funny if, that
2: you ask that right after we say, "Don't look for simple way, solutions to th- complex problems." I, I
3: I had this issue by the way for, for a long time. Like generally, if you if you probably load up on carbs, like th- that'll kill you.
1: Carbs kill me during the show. Like like there are days where I'm noticeably. Carb heavy, yeah. And trust me, guys, nobody pays less attention to their diet than me. Like, I'm not the role model there, but I'm saying that was one that did ring true to me. But also, for sleepiness, uh, trying to wake up at the same time every day. Yeah. Like I like only I only drink energy drinks on the show, and I don't drink them any other time. And even then, like I've like I've cut back to 12 ounce cans rather than 16 ounce cans. But like in general. I found that waking up like trying to wake up at a, you know within an hour of the same time every day. Obviously it's different if you're like working in the mornings but like try to keep that same schedule on the weekends if you can.
3: Eat fruits and vegetables, man. Like yeah. I'm telling you like that gives you like the energy. And by the way, I don't know it's so it's like a dorky trend that where people are like, "Oh, if you eat an apple, you're basically eating pie. You're
1: not." Like people are demented. Not all sugar is the same. And I don't know if the question also addresses like the idea of like getting to sleep. That's the hard one for me. Anybody who works here knows that there's nobody worse at sleeping than me. I I get a couple of hours a night. uh, Not nearly as much as as I should, but developing good sleep habits from what I understand uh, forms very early on and it's very hard to kind of get that once you get older so you know like if you've, if you've got kids I would, ins- I, I would insist on like definitely try to my brother has been like really good about like trying to get good sleeping habits for my nephews and stuff like that that seems like something that's very very important because it's kind of like learning a language later in life it's a lot harder as you get older
2: isn't it weird that we're the only species that seems to, like, have this problem? Funny like, why I mean, do our infants fight sleep, but infants in other species just, like, fall and sleep?
1: This, I mean, I'm sure there's a, a <laughs> many people in the chat that are, like, know the answer. I mean, does it have something to do with that we create uh, artificial light for ourselves? That we uh, don't just live outside? I feel
2: like it's just because, like, I mean, this is because I'm religious, but that there's just an inherent... Uh, yeah disharmony in like between our our physical bodies and our souls and what we want and what our bodies want
1: we get a whole podcast on that be
2: different in the first place healthy minds said make male and female heroes more realistic i can't stand when a male or female takes on 10 enemies by themselves I want more realistic strategy. Yeah,
1: that's, it's uh, the best. Love how
2: <laughs> Rings of Power just pans away from Galadriel while she's beating up five different they can't dudes explain it. twice her size.
1: Because they can't explain and it. And Halbrand
2: they... is just like looking mm. like, whoa, It's uh, she's like, so badass.
1: It's so much cooler when <laughs> when they use like actual tactics that seem like they would make sense. Like even, even in John Wick, as much as I love those movies, uh, a hand like a headshot with a handgun at some of those distances is absolutely absurd. Um, is as fake as it is. I still love it. Mm-hmm. But I, I watched that first um, that first time when he infiltrates like the bathhouse in the uh, in in the first movie, and he he stealthily gets through like guys one and two, and then as he goes on. He still has to take on two other guys, and one of them, of course, he turns into a stormtrooper once he starts trying to shoot the main guy, because, like, John Wick, who can hit anybody in the head from, like, a mile away, still ends up becoming a uh, plot device halfway through that, but most of it had some type of strategy behind it, so.
2: B Mafia 716 said they took Glofindel's story and put Galadriel into his place. She was never warlike in the books and she was still one of the most powerful beings in the world and was very fair and feminine.
1: Well, the feminine is no longer appreciated in Hollywood because it's just Where do you think that comes from? Where are like where, Satan. Okay. Okay, let, let me let me let me expound on that. Say, so, why is it that when when they did it 20 or 30 yes. years ago, it was it was clearly worked. Did did it just get out of control one day? did like did the trope well, why does hollywood despise the feminine wh- yeah or yeah not not women the feminine they, they don't despise women they despise like the roles that one women and the play. same
2: but like it's i i <laughs> hate to sound like some kind of satanic panic weirdo but like it's satanic to hate the people who carry life well it, it, like, like That's – and and this traits that they have that make them adept at doing so.
1: When was the last time they told, like, a good story about motherhood? Like, that wasn't to do with, like, abortion.
2: Or that wasn't to do with doing it without a man's help.
1: Yeah, exactly. Where the the guy didn't leave, uh, (laughs) uh, uh, you know, and she had to raise kids on her own. See, that's the thing. Like,
2: it's only laudable when you are a mother who – is not supported.
1: (laughs) I'm thinking about like all the stories. It's like, uh, how many athletes are like my mom, I had a single mom. Like my mom was my hero because like, yeah, but she, your mom, your mom shouldn't have to be a superhero to raise you. They should just Mm -hmm. be part of a family that makes, you know, everyone does their part, but it's like, maybe, maybe part of it's, maybe it's less nefarious than that. Maybe a lot of it is like the, the less biased storyteller just says, look, this is a story like she was on her own. She had to raise a kid. That kid went on, like, went on to be super successful. She worked three jobs. Maybe they just look at that and they're not inherently anti-feminine. They're just like, look, what a great story! Look at all the adversity she had to overcome to do this. That's a great story. I'm giving them more credit, I think, than they deserve. That's something
2: that is real and that happens. But what happens more often is like single motherhood and its prevalence in this country is destroying lives.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And
2: and where is the representation for that story?
3: well
1: right yeah exactly like
2: that's that's what i'm saying if we're talking about representation show the other side
3: i think a lot of it is the the road to hell is paved with good intentions and you know it's people overcorrecting, and it happens with everything a lot
2: mm-hmm. not alan rogers said prayers to my homeland moore county god's country
1: that's the one that's an interesting
2: the, developing story that
1: is uh that is wild like the, the stuff yeah. coming out about that
2: Hope everyone's okay from Our the, prayers the effects you. of that. Big Dave said, "Changed my Instagram name and YouTube to match." Uh, Big Dave was my best option. It's it's eight I-GG. Oh, um, I G G. Oh, didn't even notice. Yeah, the love the show again. I'll silent now. That's the first <laughs> thing you've said.
1: You you needn't be silent, my friend. You are allowed to to speak. <laughs>
2: Torco Rosso forever said Lauren Southern and Brittany Venti tried eating raw liver and both got sick for days. Oof. Well, even if it is good for you, I wouldn't say just jumping into the deep end and eating raw liver is going to go well because you're not used to it.
3: They should try copious amounts of steroids daily.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see what happens while
3: eating liver. Trying to get,
1: you want to get Brittany Venti on here.
2: That yeah, be cool. that'd be fun that'd be cool. Evil Zombie Hamster said Long time listener, first time watcher Usually at work right now Just refinished Fast and Furious series again Do you think they'll ever bring back Jesse? They brought back Letty and Han Yeah,
1: okay So somebody somebody says to me They're like I was like, why don't let's like poor Jesse, that guy, that actor's awesome. He's great. Uh, he does a lot of TV work. And they're like, well, they can't bring him back. They killed him in the first movie. I'm like, are you they kidding me? I, I didn't think so. I Maybe I'm misremembering it, but I just remember it being like a, like a hail of bullets out front of the house. I don't remember him, him dying or, or any special attention being paid to the fact. And let's be fair.
3: People have come from the dead in that even series. If he, yeah. Even
1: if he, even if we saw a body, they could find a way to bring him back.
3: Yeah. That shows like Dragon Ball Z. Like no. it's,
1: they should, bring they should bring Jesse back. Do it.
2: Potatoes for Seamus said, Hi, Mary. Hi, Mr. Marketing Man extraordinaire, Dane Font. Dane Font is the best font. Mary is the best ever. Hi, Brett. <laughs> Mary for Rogue on the X-Men reboot. Dude,
1: uh, they have... It's... Uh, it's um, what's her name? Anna Paquin... How do you pronounce her last name? Paquin. Um, she plays uh, Rogue in the, in the first X-Men movies. It's so good. So good. But uh, now they're gonna
2: have to race swap rogue. Yes,
1: well, or else the uh, and and even even um Halle Berry a storm is really good. Like in them I mean, she does have the worst accent ever in the first movie, but they just kind of get rid of it in the second one. And they actually like she got more screen time in the second one because she just won her Oscar for Monsters Ball so they like rewrote scenes and had more of her in that movie just because she did so well another example that hollywood was never anti-woman and that all of these directors loved even back then like it was probably more noble back then they're like look at these great stories look at these great female characters now it's been it's morphed into something so political that it's not the same thing yeah
2: erf so. of stet said merry crisis ah. brought mary and dane so maybe
1: we call merry it merry
2: crisis
1: it's a merry christmas party it's I a Christmas that. party. No? Christmas, just, it's just a Christmas party?
2: I, I don't know what it is, but it's not that. All
3: right. I think enough. by the time we figure it out, it'll be the end of the month.
2: Waffle Sensei said it's a Christmas party. <laughs>
1: We're going to have to workshop that name, guys. What yeah. else? I, I, I say maybe just uh, Christmas party, but. Um, I
2: mean, yeah. I, any other suggestions? Simpler, better. Potatoes for Seamus said, I wish I looked
1: like Brett. You do not want that. You do not want that. You don't
4: just, be uh, self. Why you're such a cutie? Do not
1: be self-deprecating. Don't be me, actually, because I'm, I'm I tend to be on the self-deprecating side. It's probably one of my least. It's probably one of my worst traits. Uh, I should not be so um, mentally negative about myself. Uh, I don't know if that's like a defense mechanism or what it is, but uh, yeah. Or if it's just being a dude.
2: I think that PCC is going to turn into group therapy
1: let's not do it's that. not we're not it's
2: not bobcat said don't forget to leave out bacon and whiskey for the bearded guy that's really good at bypassing security
1: it would be one it would be wonderful to know how santa claus uh um does that so easily also like they did you notice that that little detail in the in violent night that he does the thing with his nose that that's from the story like that's like apparently that's part of the original tale that oh he uses. really yeah that's yeah.
2: funny yeah not like crazy. That. Um, Let's Let's go back into into Violent Night. John Leguizamo played a villain in Violent Night, which we were just talking about. And now he's complaining that Latin men are overrepresented as villains in Hollywood. So I guess he can just never be satisfied. He will never be happy. Representation is never good enough. You can never satisfy someone like Leguizamo, who is just addicted to whining about representation he says that they need to balance it out with more latin heroes and it's like Okay, when are you going to be satisfied? Is there some number Is there that we number? can
1: reach? Yeah. There's a there's a quote at the end here that it's not even from him, but it's from the other. It's from the person writing the article, uh, and it says every good hero needs an equally compelling villain, and there's plenty of room for actors like John Leguizamo or any performer of color to embody both sides of the coin. Pushing for more accurate representation on screen calls for actors of all sorts of colors uh, of the color to this color spectrum of cinema with brighter and more complicated hues. I want to know, uh, it's this particular line. It's, it says there's plenty of room for actors uh, like John Leguizamo or performers of color to embody both sides of that coin, pushing for more accurate representation on screen. What does that mean? More accurate to what? I'm no actually idea. asking that question. More accurate to what? I mean, they don't
2: have an answer, ultimately. Because
1: there isn't supposed to be Here, an goals. goal. It's, here's it's
2: what the- Leguizamo said when he was asked if he felt having Latin villains was a step forward in representation. Let me try to put that in the proper filter because unfortunately, being a Latin man, I've always played villains and I was up here with the villain thing. Up to here with the villain thing. But because we don't have enough heroes, that's the problem. We need more Latin heroes so we can enjoy our Latin villains. The best roles written in the movies are always the villains. And I want to be able to play villains. But you've got to give me my Latin heroes to counterbalance that. Oh, here's the thing. It's all about demanding what we should give you. But you're supposed to be giving a product to the audiences.
1: Also, some people are just meant to play villains. Not everyone can do both. In fact, I would argue that very few people do both very, very well. Denzel Washington can do both very, very well. Even Wesley Snipes did Blade and Simon Phoenix when he was in Demolition Man, but that's not necessarily the same thing. uh, Blade is cool and he's an antihero. Not every actor has the ability to go back and forth between good guy and bad guy. Like, right. think, like when you really think about it, I'm trying to think of, uh, an, of another actor who would be... Uh, how often is Keanu Reeves a bad guy? <laughs> like...
3: Dude, can I tell right. you? I, I had kind of that experience myself. When I was in high school, I was in, like, theater clubs and all that stuff. And every time I tried to do something dramatic, I just didn't have, like, the range of emotion. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I just, like, couldn't pull it off. People yeah. would be like, are you kidding right now? Like, you're really maybe bad.
2: Maybe John Leguizamo just doesn't have what it takes.
3: Seriously. And, <laughs> I mean... It, I also
2: just watched the, mo- the the Menu over the weekend where John Leguizamo plays a morally compromised, narcissistic actor who name drops for clout and attention and is yeah. self-indulgent. And it's like, is that not just who you are in real life? That's the lowest effort role I've ever seen him play.
3: I think people have a real issue nowadays of playing to their strengths. Like, people are, they, everyone just wants to be the super multi-talented, perfect little snowflake. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. just be proud of what, what
1: you are. It does feel, well, actually, I was thinking about this recently. Like, when you, when you go into these industries, like, you're, it's never enough. You always have to be doing more. Like the beauty of being an actor, I think. Like obviously, I'm not an actor. I don't work in the field. But it must. It might be nice to just not have to do anything other than just act. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people. Like a lot of people who work in this space, content creators do. Dozens of different things like they don't just do their their YouTube stuff. They do. They do social media. They do Twitch. They do shows on YouTube. They're multi talented and multifaceted because it's called a personality around who they are as a person, not around one specific ability that they have to offer.
2: Yeah. And you also in that position need to find this delicate balance between representing who you really are. Yeah, your real style of speaking and your real opinions, but not giving the Internet complete access to who you yeah. are as a person. Yeah. And nope. when you think about it, an actor or an actress has a much easier ask. Yeah, you play somebody who you are not.
1: I, I still think Denzel Washington is a fantastic example of somebody who does both. I think he's a super plain
3: leading man. Like he, Denzel. He was, yeah, he's a no. he's a. I personally don't like him. Uh, like I think when the his more villainous roles, he's much better. Like the charismatic, like psychopath. Training
1: Day. American, American Gangster is what like in my top two or three favorite movies of all time? When he plays uh, Frank Lucas, the drug kingpin, he just shoots a guy. Yeah, and we, uh, poor Idris Elba. Idris Elba can do both. Idris Elba is uh, fairly good at it. He's really good, but even then, he's like they're complicated characters. His character in Luther is not just a clear-cut good guy. He's a... He's, he's an a, anti-hero. He's an anti. Like, I guess most of these examples I'm thinking of are anti-heroes. Mm-hmm. Chat, I do want to know, give me... Can you guys give me some examples of people that can play both? Uh, Shimmy uh, Shelley says, Tom Cruise. Yes, Tom Cruise plays mostly good Johnny guys. Uh, Tom Cruise plays mostly good guys, but in Collateral played a, a very villainous character. Um, but I'm trying to think of uh, some better examples. So if anybody else has anybody, uh, send them in the chat here. But uh, the other thing is, he calls uh, Chris... Pat- Chris Pratt's casting backwards. That right. was extremely insulting to me. He's um, he's
2: mad that even a voice actor yeah. wouldn't be casted from his racial group. Well, That's casting, insane. You're not even on camera. Heath Ledger.
1: Heath like Casting in Hollywood is more diverse than it has ever been in history.
2: Almost ever. to a fault because oh. they're they're casting people for their racial yeah. backgrounds to- rather than and how it, they perform.
1: And it feels planned. Yeah. Like, and, and it all feels planned. It says, and playing a villain should not, like, it shouldn't have further implications. Like, he's saying it like they're typecasting them, right? They're just, like, what, what are you talking about? It shouldn't have, when I see uh, an evil, uh, like, white businessman, or, an, you know, a stereotypical evil white businessman, or a stereotypical black gangbanger, I don't extrapolate that to mean something about an entire demographic of people. That's insane.
2: Right, but the fact that they assume you do says so much about how they view the audience. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, this... Listening to people like John Leguizamo will be the downfall of Hollywood if they continue scrambling to appease them because there is no benchmark for when they will be happy and satisfied with the representation you give them. It will never be enough... You're always doing it wrong. I even, over the weekend, I saw this video of of Lady Gaga performing for one of the VMAs uh, when she was like 23. And someone commented, why are all of the background dancers black? It's like they're accessories to her and she doesn't even view them as people. And then someone commented like, okay, if they were all white, you would be complaining that she didn't represent other backgrounds in her backup dancers if most of them if, if if most of them were white and some of them were black, you'd say she's tokenizing the black yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. And if they were a mix of all different kinds, you would complain that she's she's not willing to commit to giving it all black cast in, her, in the background of her shows. So I feel like it's that like one there is- will never be any satisfaction from these people because they're obsessed with being able to make the demands. They want to make the terms. Yep. They're tyrants.
3: The goal is anger. Like the the goal is being unhappy about things. The goal is never to get anything fixed. The goal is to be outraged in public and be like, huh, "Aren't I great?"
2: People she- who are unhappy with themselves who can never do what the people on screen are doing. Also.
1: Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's the uh, like. Who, who's it that gives that speech? He says like, uh, like it's it's about like uh, hats off to the people in the arena. Like it's about like it's more important to applaud the people that actually make an effort and try and actually try to actually accomplish something, right? Uh, I applaud anyone who makes the effort to create art, right? So uh, I feel bad for a lot of the. I do. Look, creating art is an extremely uh, transformative experience for a lot of people and it's an extremely hard thing to put out there for people to judge. I understand that. We put our opinions out there. This isn't necessarily what you'd call art, but we put our opinions out there every day to be judged by people that don't know who we are as human beings, don't know what we're like, and that requires you to be very very open in a way so it is the same thing when if your art is extremely personal to you and you create something it takes a lot of courage to put it out there for everyone to to judge now it's a little bit different at the at the studio level when it's so corporatized calling it art is hardly there's there's beauty behind a lot of the process but that doesn't necessarily make it high art but for me like first of all all races should be able to play villains uh and heroes equally but certain people are just going to be good right. at one or the other. Not everyone will have that ability to do both.
2: And John Leguizamo is not even exceptional at playing villains anyway. I, I don't even think he's an exceptional actor
1: no. in general. I, I mean, I liked him in Violent Night, but I thought he was just fine. But like, he's
2: totally overcompensating for his shortcomings yeah. also, by do, making this about
1: representation. Do they do they also set themselves back by like talking about this? Like, It's harder. Yeah, it's do. harder for us to judge... Uh, uh, indiscriminately when you have these opinions in the back yeah. of your mind. I've actually gotten much better at that since we started doing this show, like at not letting their opinions on Twitter or in interviews uh, color my opinion of them on, on screen. Mm. But... His
2: outspokenness definitely detracts from our view of his nobility as a performer, I guess. Like, it's something that you've pointed out before in relation to Margot Robbie is that she has this air of showmanship, statesmanship, maybe, that she just doesn't blabber about all of this crap that doesn't matter, that people don't want to hear about. They want to hear about the movie. They like her for her personality and who she is. And she would have so many opportunities. In fact, she is, is... uh, led to to make comments on I- these social issues and she doesn't because she's smart. She's strategic.
1: I actually saw, it's funny, I actually saw something from her, like an infographic. Like I follow a couple of these accounts that like, they're quotes from actors and she makes this one basically talking about how She's like, yeah, sure. I like the art of it, but eventually you have to accept that it's a business. Yeah. she is. I have a feeling she is secretly quite based. She's like, super
2: pragmatic, yeah. at least. Like
1: she's very much the, the she's a, uh, a very- She's cool. a hot Russian chick. She's right. a very, very- Is she uh, Russian?
3: Isn't
1: she? Uh, she's Australian. Oh, yeah, I'm she's wrong, a very, girl. very uh, calculated businesswoman. That's good at her job. I respect that.
2: Like, yeah, and if she were out here doing interviews, talking about how uh, Barbie is going to change the conversation about how how women use their sex appeal to their empowerment, and I mean, there are so many angles she, sh- she could take, but it would cheapen in who she is as a performer and what she's capable of. It would cheapen her name in the box office.
3: Some of the best endeavors in anything, in technology, in art, in anything, is when people are self-aware. They realize who they are, and they realize the people that they need to compliment them. For example, it could be, like, a person who is short-tempered but has the artistic creativity. It, like, matches with a person that's very organized and key, like, Key tempered and you know doesn't get like flustered yeah. easily like those two people can usually cooperate together but if you get the it, what seems to be is like everyone is on their super narcissistic trip was like oh, i should be everything all at yeah. once it, that doesn't work
1: i've got a, i've got a couple of funny examples
3: someone's okay. the main character
1: I've, I've got a couple of funny examples so uh in the show castle there's uh two side characters uh that are played by Seamus Deaver and John uh, Huertas and John Huertas and Seamus Deaver have both played, at least to me, not memorable, but funny roles where they play like really bad guys in other shows. John Huertas, right after Castle went off the air where he plays like a kind of quirky detective, played like uh, a Latino gangster, like the head of a, a cartel with full of face tattoos and like disappeared into the world but it took about 10 scenes like five scenes he did that in the show elementary and it took a while to not see the detective that he played before but because he isn't annoying and talking about this stuff as if it's like the biggest deal in the world it's easier for me to lose myself in a new character because i'm not being distracted Mm -hmm. yeah um also here this is the, the stuff he said about Pratt bothers me because it, it very is clearly full of entitlement. It oh, says, it's
2: jealousy. Yeah.
1: Just as super Mario brothers directors fought to cast Liguizamo as Luigi, that same sort of energy is needed in the current climate of movie making. It's already there to say it's not as highly disingenuous. That's exactly why Liguizamo also spoke out about Chris Pratt's casting in the super Mario brothers movie, a move that he called backwards when it came to its very execution. I've said this before. I'll say it again. When they swap the race of a character, there is, to them, there is no going back. It only goes in one direction until you end up at a, a handicapped trans person. I, I don't mean to be rude, but that's what, the, the, it only goes one direction. You don't get to cast, have it start as a, a straight white dude and have it end somewhere else and then go back. To them, it mm-hmm. never goes back. It has to stay that way. So the idea is like when they, when they changed uh, to Jodie Whitaker, right? Uh, They they went back to uh, David Tennant as the doctor, but only temporarily. It will never go back likely to a straight white doctor again.
2: Yeah, and going back to David Tennant was totally damage control for the fact that like— no one likes this show anymore. Yeah. So, you ruined it. So
1: like, so the, they're already talking about like it, if they change the the race of James Bond. I've made this joke before. I was like, I think it's the big ask. Everyone's like, maybe we should cast a, a trans woman to, to play James Bond. Like, that's so that when they cast somebody that's just another race, they'll be like, oh, that's fine. And like I said, everyone knows that I'm here. Nobody cares. Like I'm actually the person here who doesn't care about that stuff as much as anyone else. But it doesn't mean I don't know what they're doing. Like you know. it's to desensitize
2: we, you to yeah. their encroachment upon the characters that you well, love and and know that,
1: that that you remember the way. And they were. the
2: ultimate goal of representation is to eliminate the straight cis I hate that word white male from being on screen. It's it's to erase the existence of that very person. Yeah. those traits but they, they, it's they not to elevate girl. any other group
3: they always get like one girl in a halloween costumes like everything literally everything is for this yeah, yeah. one girl in a halloween costume the p- purpose of my existence it's like okay well
1: so it's just it never it's like this is uh, i feel bad for the people like we kind of have to do it because it's work but imagine having to live life with like this battlefield as like your hill to die on every day
2: I hope that...
1: It's really lame. I
2: hope that John Leguizamo <laughs> and his ilk, for their own sake, learn how pathetic they look when they try to power trip about representation because they would be much better off in their careers and yeah. just like in their mm. in their mindsets if they were appreciated for what they're capable of on on screen and Argu- not
1: in interviews. Arguably, I don't want to care about the actor at all. I want to care about the... The characters he's portrayed like yeah. i don't want to i don't want to think maybe that's just a hint of the narcissism right they want the credit it's like i want to know that you did a good job at that role i don't need to know who you are
2: no amount of money is good enough no amount of yeah. awards are good enough these people are are pathological Look at, i
1: mean that industry attracts
3: those people though like nar- right, exactly. narcissistic people are attracted to
1: Acting. But it's they like haven't always been
2: as indulged by the media as they are now.
1: Yeah. If anything they were they were more uh, uh adversarial before. Yeah. They all had
3: Twitter. Yeah. They, they didn't have Twitter. Now they can be they can <laughs> be I, this guy.
1: Think of Tony Todd as the candyman from Candyman, but also as like uh, my favorite example is he plays like this kind of uh a not annoying. He, he's a, he's a very statesman-like uh, like CIA officer in the show Chuck. And it's just two totally different characters. And then he also voices bad guys all the time. Um, it's just you can play both. But Hollywood, nor does society, owe anyone anything. Are we supposed to be like old white guys shouldn't play evil CEO villains anymore? That doesn't make any sense because it actually does make sense for them to play that character. Mm-hmm. You don't just stop doing that. Plus, People want to play those roles. Anyone, anyway, because like he says in the interview, it's cooler to play the villain. Everyone knows that. They're more remembered. Yeah. Let's go to Super Chats.
2: Bobcat, uh, or sorry, C2 Gaming said, I cold turkeyed my SSRIs once I decided to get rid of them after a year. The next weeks were hell. To this day, I don't feel a number of emotions.
1: Yeah, that's not, uh, I mean. That's interesting. So much of it gets covered up. Yeah. when you're in that process of you, I luckily I, I never used them extensively, but I did have a period where they tried to put me on them and I went off them right away. But like I've had friends that have gone through very, very bad withdrawals when they tried to go cold turkey off of uh, antidepressants. Nor I is... didn't
2: I didn't think it was that dangerous because like I was on them for just a minute uh, in high school and longer
1: term uses when that happens.
2: I mean, it was relatively long term and I just stopped taking them and nothing happened. How long? I don't remember exactly, but it was definitely, like, over course of months, six plus. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I don't remember totally. Yeah. Um, so, I just didn't know it was, like, that dangerous. Waffle sensei said, disagree, chat. I am the man and the woman you should be. <laughs> well,
1: and Dane is every woman, so. Yep. <laughs> no, you have
2: big competition.
3: Waffle sensei, please. <laughs> Maybe if it was French toast sensei or something, but... <laughs>
2: That average dude said, "Thanks for a great show. I'll have to finish it at work tomorrow."
1: And then no you problem. can go. Thank uh, you. After, and after that, you can watch tomorrow's show.
2: Yeah, constant content. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> De- Bad App said, "What's poppin' with dem Yiddies? Happy Monday, nerds."
1: Uh, is a is a yitty different? I don't know what a I don't these.
2: understand this at all. Shards of Narsil said Halle Berry was good in X1
1: Toad
2: <laughs> okay. Lightning. Maybe
1: good isn't over. Uh, okay, I, I'm being very, very generous there, but it's she's not annoying to me, and therefore I'm I'm okay with it.
2: Very but, low standards as always, right?
1: Yeah. Um. You know. <laughs> wow. about, I'm rude. Ow, ow. I mean, the real hero. You like of that. Tulsa King, and you 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 just Damn. can't recover from guys that. guys. Go you, watch Tulsa King. Do not listen to her. This guy She's,
2: likes Tulsa King and Fast and Furious. And
3: Ben Affleck as Batman.
2: Uh, I guess I I'm not in the majority here.
1: Um, yeah, but your favorite movie series is Twilight. So who's really the villain, Flash? That's your favorite movie series. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, but uh, maybe I just haven't gotten enough into Harry Potter.
1: Famke Jansen is really <laughs> the hero <laughs> of X-Men, anyways. So in those first two movies.
2: Taktiplati said Brett. Peacock has the old cartoon Exo Squad.
1: Look, I got made fun of for using Peacock recently by you guys, so
2: I was like, "What are you, a middle-aged mom?"
1: Apparently, <laughs> I am a wine mom because I like Law and Order, Criminal Intent, and uh, and what else? Uh, Fast and the Furious movies and Casey
2: for- Anthony docu series. I have not
1: watched that,
3: dude. I saw one about this uh, weightlifter chick that killed his her husband or something allegedly. And man, it was hilarious because by the end, she seems kind of guilty, and then it's like she gets out of jail. It's like then she marries like the exact same guy again. It's like, uh, boy, this guy. I hope he never watches this. Documentary. Wait,
2: that's that's like a documentary. It's real. Wow. Mm-hmm. I don't trust the whole like women need to be jacked thing. Why? I don't like it. it
3: she was ginormous. To... Why?
2: Women aren't supposed to look like that. <laughs> it's just there's it. It's just not natural. It genuinely isn't because they take steroids to look like that. I need to stop watching YouTube. Said, uh, "Handicapped trans person <laughs> topkek."
1: Yeah, basically.
2: And he also said, "You think you don't feel? I haven't smiled in nine years. I well, don't believe you." Well, you then, Watch Pop Culture Crisis. Yeah,
1: we're not doing our jobs if you haven't smiled at least a little bit.
2: <laughs> or maybe we're actively making your life worse. Yeah. You, you do. You're all cold. I need to stop watching YouTube. So
1: smile more, toots. toots. Yeah. All right, guys, Uh, did you know that men could be objectified too?
2: I mean, also, did you know that
1: beautiful people have... really hard in hollywood these days this one's the ultimate in facepalm. we've got it very very difficult well first we'll start with george clooney so george clooney has recently said that he that he was objectified in his early roles does that surprise you guys that a handsome Uh. guy who's literally still used as like the benchmark for like remember that's the joke i always make an
2: outdated af benchmark
1: brad pitt george clooney and, uh, and I guess also uh, Johnny Depp are kind of used as that example for like male beauty still. They're like, well, yeah. he, he's handsome, but he's no George Clooney. Johnny Depp is <laughs> incomprehensible to me. The other two, it makes sense. Yeah. So it says, uh, he says, quite honestly, I was objectified. He told the Washington Post for a story published on Friday. I remember doing scenes in Roseanne and I drop a clipboard and bend over and they all slap me in the ass and you had to establish yourself as more than that. So think about that. Women and men too. Uh, I was talking, there was a scene in, um, they were actually talking about it in in X-Men where they're talking about where a character, damn it, no, I'm not going to remember it off the top of my head, where a character has to run around a, uh, I'm going to come back to that story, but basically where it's like a character has to like run naked through a room or something like this. This might not have been from X-Men. And when they get on the other side of the room, like all of the female cast were there and throw bills at him. Like, throw, like, and this was mm-hmm. on a set. Can you imagine if they were like, and then the woman had to run naked through a scene, and then a bunch of people who were not supposed to be there just watched her and then mm-hmm. threw money at her?
3: This is so undignified to be his age and complain about it. About, about,
1: yes. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, but the thing is, is it's, it's true of both genders, right? <laughs> it's, it's a, it's, an obj- it's a profession that breeds being objectified.
2: The double standard exists, but I would argue that it's not
1: a problem. I don't think so. Well, I think they're all whiners. Based. I think women and I think both of them should, if you take the money, stop whining.
2: Yeah, I, I saw a lot of tweets lambasting George Clooney for whining because they say, you know, acting is such an easy job when you compare it to what ordinary people do. One person said, George Clooney says he was objectified in his early roles. Boo effing who? I hate all celebrities who complain. Go f yourself and take a bath in your money, bastard. As long as,
1: long as, <laughs> as long as he writes that same comment for women complaining about it, I'm cool. With I'm it. sure they do. And another person said George Clooney
2: claims he was objectified. Yeah, I feel bad for him too. Not. We live in a world of victimization, so. Maybe he's just looking for his opportunity in the limelight of you know being a victim in 2022. Guys, he's
3: like, I'm so handsome. He's like, at the time, did it really movie, haunt him? I was the handsome guy. Oh, they would call me the <laughs> like, hot It was
1: it was and Hugh Jackman. You had to have
3: sex with him,
2: and then be like, "You're so good like,
3: Your acting is outstanding,
1: of. Dane. <laughs> as, by the way, it was um, <laughs> it was Hugh Jackman who had to run naked. Um, had to run naked. Grow and up. Everyone,
2: the the truth is the double standard exists because women's bodies are more sought after and objectively more attractive well, that's than That's why men's. the women
1: in porn make more than the women than the men in porn.
2: I mean that's it's like a
1: the Very gap.
2: ugly but true thing that it just you need to accept
1: I'm gonna become like I'm gonna become the male Like the I mean, I'm gonna start promoting like we need the gender wage gap to be filled and like we need porn to, to You know close what we the can do wage gap you heard we here can first. close
2: the gender wage gap in porn by not giving them any money and throwing ah. them in jail
1: ah, okay. Wow <laughs>
3: <laughs> That one South quick.
1: So so uh, look they're all, they, they all deserve their ridicule for complaining about stuff that didn't bother them 20 years ago. Also, how much of it is like, they just remember it differently now because people are goading that we live in a victimhood culture. So people are like, didn't you feel objectified? And like, yeah, yeah, I guess I did kind of feel objectified. Hasn't thought about those scenes in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it was a little bit objectifying, but did you really, did you really? Like, I think the same thing about the women too. Look, I don't believe in a culture as immodest as ours is that they actually care. I don't. I think that most of them see all of it as a form of currency, whether it's currency through financial gains by doing the scenes or currency by, by uh, news cycle, uh, by cracking the news cycle with interviews where you talk about how, oh my God, I was so wrong done by. I don't buy that they're that good of actors and that they were actually feeling objectified most of the time. I'm giving a general statement here. I'm not saying in all the situations. Well,
2: the truth is, when we're throwing a pity party for the eights nines and tens of our society (laughs) no one wants to listen yeah yeah, it's not it's not an attractive cause and this is why even though we have such a prevalent like conversation about privilege and power and you know who's marginalized who is not who has a claim to retribution pretty privilege or lookism or whatever you want to call it is never going to take precedent there because no one wants to admit that they are ugly you term? can say like, oh, I was marginalized because I'm black, but no one is going to openly admit that they were mar- marginalized because they're ugly. Look, I'm gonna that, do would, it. that would mean that you're admitting you're
1: ugly and it's embarrassing. I'm going to do it right now. Look, look, George, imagine like boohoo is you, but imagine being me. Fred's Okay. <laughs> Let's, speaking of pretty privilege, let's, let's, uh, let's yeah, talk about it. Yeah, there's um, this model
2: named Emily Adana who made a TikTok about the downsides of being pretty in, so, in this society. <laughs> oh and it God. was not well received. Let's watch it. Shall we play? Yes. Let's.
5: <laughs> play?
2: <laughs> Love how she's like posing in the thumbnail oh, as me. well. Oh, yeah. Well, did
5: she find She's uh, like smoldering she in the I'm video. I'm prepared for TikTok to hate me. I can see it now, you we're gonna be like, oh, that's you, being to pretty is on. so hard. Hear me out. Pretty privilege is a thing. I'm not here to deny that. So, too, it comes with disadvantages. I've never once been in a job where I haven't been harassed. I've rarely been in social situations <laughs> where I haven't been harassed. People do not usually take no for an answer with me because they think that I'm something to be possessed. People do not ask before touching me in public. I am grabbed regularly. I've been assaulted by a stranger. And I was once passed up on for a business opportunity because they said that I was too young and beautiful, and they thought that that would be distracting to the other people in the industry true story
1: i am uh before we go on do you guys remember like there it was like a thing that um Chinese businessmen would get white males uh, would hire a white male to play an executive in business deals because they felt yeah. like they were, they would instill investor confidence. They're
2: viewed with more. She's just a bad
1: business person. She's just she's just dumb. I am
5: treated differently, and it is night and day from when I go out in public in a mask and raggedy oversized clothes and looking like I am right now. When I look raggedy, people don't touch me. They don't feel entitled to me. So not always a privilege.
3: I mean, I mean it is messed up that people are touching her, people should definitely
1: like mind yeah, their personal yeah, yeah. space sure but like look in a world where like the, arg- the argument to the contrary would be men being like look I-, I walk every day and not a single soul on earth notices me and I haven't been complimented since Reagan was in office <laughs> like boo fucking <laughs> who dude there lady. was a like
3: there was a vice um, article or I don't know if it was an article or a video but it was about the lives of like really beautiful people and the one that really got me was this guy that was like i've never interviewed for a job like people just offer me things non-stop and i'm like wow say it again uh there, there was a vice an artist-
2: attractive guy said that he had never interviewed for a job he was only offered them and he was uh-huh. given them
3: yeah, like constantly, uh, like he just gets offered jobs and things. Well,
2: I mean, look, like, and it's proven that attractive people are considered more considered trustworthy, considered more trustworthy yeah. credible, uh, competent, etc. Now, no one is denying that there are downsides to every walk of life, but there are also perks, and there are there are perks to being pretty. There are no perks to being ugly. That's a fact. Are there perks to being ugly?
1: What, let's literally no. none. No,
2: literally none. Especially mm-hmm. for women, there are none
1: you uh, have lower expectations therefore maybe you're more easily you're more easily sati- satiated in society i think the best that's
2: considered a perk i'm
1: i'm trying to look on the positive side the there's
2: no perk to being ugly
3: the best privilege you can have in life is being good looking i think it's truly most, more than money
2: simply because this is the most obvious beauty. imbalance of power yeah. in our society it's the exact reason why it won't be you know made the focus of an affirmative action campaign or Plus, how do you judge a, a, that? like of like representation like and now i joked at the beginning that you know beautiful people have it so hard in hollywood these days
5: they, they actually kind of do
2: yeah you're because kinda... we're seeing it like prioritized to cast older more average looking women women a- and men though uh, of all weights, like uh, th- women that are overweight, it women is, that are more average looking.
1: It is both. In Hollywood. Too. It's kind of just like they want everyone to look like the average. They want the roles to feel like it's it's the trope of like you need to see yourself in a character now. So now to see yourself in a character, they have to hire uglier people because you can't <laughs> see yourself uh, right. in, in a in a really good looking person. Maybe that says something about our, our self-esteem as a society. Really Which is weird
2: because I think it, I mean, I, I don't like, have sure. the source on this, but I'm pretty sure... Here's a flat sure
3: slug for you, Dane. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know? They're like, look,
1: we're going to represent you. We just have to find some ugly people first. Hold on.
2: I, I don't have a source on this, but I'm pretty sure I heard people... like Most people overestimate how attractive they are. No
1: way. No way.
2: I, I'm maybe. pretty sure like, I saw a stat like that. So, you know, maybe representation yeah. would be better if you showed attractive people on screen. Where'd you
3: see that stat at Mary slash this particular uh, argument?
1: Wait, what? <laughs> maybe it's just my own oh, bias. God, I gotta I'm, keep explaining
3: my jokes to them.
1: I'm always we going to You need to, to enunciate, like, Dave. <laughs> first of all, when, when they, I want short person representation. I am short. I'm like very short for like a, a traditional American. I think the, uh, the the what's the average height of an American male? Five nine. No, it's like it's five, five, eight, it's eight five, or five, seven. No, it's five, no the the average height is five nine. I, I think, thought I was five. I think, eight. Uh, and, uh I'm five five. So unless I want to see a bunch of just really t- like I, I want Tom Cruise to be shown in everything actually shorter than he already is.
2: Here are some comments on that TikTok. One said, girls who aren't pretty by societal standards also get harassed in most social and professional situations. It's not a pretty privilege side effect. Seriously. Another one said, uh, (laughs) pretty equals dumb. I don't think you've ever finished a book. (laughs) She's getting a, a range of different replies. Another one said, so many haters here. They're only hating because you're pretty. They're partially proving your point without even realizing it. Um, I don't think that they're hating because the girl is pretty, they're hating because of what the girl said in the video, yeah. which completely discounts all of the perks she's had in life for her looks. Is
1: there any upside to being a whiny baby anymore? Like Yeah, like social media upboats. Every, but everyone else like roasts you. Like when you like like the last thing I would want to do is be to be embarrassing. Yeah. Like and I was cringy. like when I make that when I make that joke about like wanting short person representation, I don't want to see a bunch of short people on screen. I want to see Tom Cruise even he's like he's the one fine but but they used to always like film him so he looked taller than he was but that's that's fine that's your one I don't need everyone to freaking look like me that's that's weird
2: let's move on to Kate Winslet's recent comments about her experience in Hollywood she said when I was younger my agent would get calls saying how's her weight it was hard enough having the flipping news of the world on my doorstep, but that doesn't even cut it now. That phrase, like, she, she's talking about young actors facing more of a uh, barrier to entry regarding mm-hmm. their looks than... Where she is at her career being established and having the name recognition where she doesn't have to look a certain way to get roles.
3: Now
1: they're like, can you break a mirror with your face? No, well, then you're not allowed in. This is what annoys me about
3: these people so much. It's that they only talk about this when they stop getting the roles. When they're getting the roles, they're like, whoop, no problem here, buddy boy. (laughs) But it's like, oh, i stop getting real. People used to tell me, oh, my God, watch your weight, woman. It's I wonder
2: a- if agents still talk like that in the age where like, oh, I guarantee people are so to- litigious, you know, like yeah. for discrimination lawsuits. You know, fat phobia is considered a real form of oppression now. Yeah. And discrimination. <laughs> I don't know. Like. I don't know if Hollywood operates on the same standards that they did back then.
1: Waffle Sensei says Anthony Starr is short, but I just looked it up, it says that he's six one. That's the guy who plays Homelander. He's uh, he's from Banshee.
2: It's very hard to find people's real heights on yeah, the internet. I don't
1: know. But he no but the thing is is like I actually thought he was right because I, I think of him in that show and he does kinda look Uh, Kind of like in the show Banshee. He looks kind of kind of short, but apparently not.
2: Here are a couple more takes. One person said, if we could all get publicity because at some point in our lives, someone said something not nice about us, we'd all be rich. I'm so sick of celebrities complaining from their ivory tower. Another one said Kate Winslet is a highly paid actor in an industry where the earning power of young starlets is based almost entirely on looks and producers rightfully expect to get what they pay for. Look, if you don't like uh, the rule book, play another game.
1: It's like every industry, every job you take is going to have, you know, Pluses and minuses in this case, if you're young and beautiful in Hollywood, that's a lot different than getting into it late when you might have less earning power, right? You get in early and this is kind of that trope. It's not a trope. It's the fact of of life that women's uh, sexual marketplace value. I I know people hate that term, but they are more highly valued when they're younger because uh, of their beauty and their fertility. And then their value goes down as they get older. Men's is seen as it goes up as they get older because they start establishing resources and build uh, build their income and build their build their wealth. It's just, That is actually, Hollywood is just an industry where that's markedly put into effect right away. The way like I my see daughter. It,
2: the way I see it is like, if ordinary people who aren't in the spotlight want to have a conversation about like lookism or pretty privilege or whatever you want to call it, That's another thing. But if celebrities start whining about it, they deserve to get slammed on the internet because essentially what you are is an object. If you are an actor or actress, you are a commodity to studios. You are a
1: product. It was the the girl in... That you would
2: push back on that is ridiculous. It's extremely entitled and telling.
1: It's like the girl I, I when we talked about that one time where she's like I had to go into a, a a room and the producers had to look at me while I was wearing my outfit for the movie. I'm like, "So?" Yeah. They're literally going to pay you millions of dollars or let's say not millions of dollars. Let's say hundreds of thousands of dollars to go on screen. Your job is to look good on camera or at least look the way you're supposed to look. It's
2: not even just about like sex appeal also in casting. It's like they're even doing this with child actors now. They're not going out of their way to find especially cute yeah. kids for TV shows and <laughs> movies anymore. Like this girl that they—I mean, God bless her—the girl they casted to uh, the for *The Last of Us* um, to play what's her name? Again? To be fair, Ellie. She,
1: she does look like she's going through a zombie apocalypse.
2: Like wow. it, it's
1: roasted. I, I, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a joke.
2: It's a joke. She, she reminds me of the girl that they casted in Hereditary. They casted yeah. that girl because it's a horror movie and she's supposed to have a unique and kind of jarring look. You see her beheaded face on the ground.
1: The, the two girls, um, there's these two twins that play the Eves in the early seasons of The X Files, and they're the creepiest looking girls you've ever seen yeah, in your Yeah, like there's life. a
2: place for that, but like why should the norm be that when we cast child actors, they're not cute? Like you should want to be attached to the character because they're cute.
1: Yeah, um, in the in the in the in the episode of the X Files, like they cast these two like creepy looking girls to play twins, and that like they made a whole career off basically like conventions and stuff like yeah. that where they go to, in, in the you know people remember them as those characters. Mm-hmm. So. And there's
2: nothing there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like, what's the war on? on objective beauty standards these days where is that coming from Feminists, Seriously.
1: feminists telling you that's that, such an
2: easy answer it's like okay why why would you hate beauty it's satanic i keep saying they it. hate
1: it because it takes work to attract. like this is why i like i have we pushed back you pushed back on me this one time when we talked about um the kardashians don't want reels to be part of instagram because of photos i said because they're because reels are harder work. But here's the thing. I have no problem with every girl who makes a ton of money on social media. Cause you know what? If their looks are their meal ticket, a lot of that most of them put a lot of work into looking that way. They go to the gym every day. They have to eat well. Average person doesn't want to go to the gym every day, doesn't want to change their eating habits, doesn't want to actually do what they need to do to look that way. And then instead of uh, accepting that that person has earned what they just got, you know, the money they're making, the industry they're involved in, they want to change everything else to fit their fat, slobbish behavior because that's easier than changing yourself.
3: Yeah, in the era of crumble cookie, it's really hard to be (laughs) hot and thin. How
2: many calories per cookie? Tell us. Dude,
3: it's wild. It's like 600. 600 it's calories It's like a full meal.
2: Yeah. That's more than a full meal for some of us.
1: I gotta find these actresses. Not the, for me. The
2: I could live off of two crumble cookies per day. <laughs> that's insane.
1: You
3: won't be able to forever though.
2: Not Never, forever. You'll
3: die of diabetes. But yeah. yeah.
2: Well that's, that's 1,200 calories. 1,200 is very little. still though. a deficit. What was their names
3: in your rear You should eat more than two cookies.
2: I should eat three cookies. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> 3 cookies as a treat for Mary?
1: Is that uh like oh, what is it like It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to take care of yourself, but we are in a society now that tells you you're beautiful just the way you are.
2: It takes so oh, you're little. you're not, you're hideous. Like relatively it takes so little effort to just like be presentable. Oh, and people won't even do that. People won't even dress themselves to go to the grocery store these days.
1: It is like like the people who Uh, there was like when I worked at this gas station there was like a couple that would come in it was always interesting to me because the guy was like jacked in really good shape like always dressed if not like dress up, but like wearing nice clothes. wearing clothes. And the <laughs> girl was just fat, hideous in wearing uh, sweatpants every single time. I'm like, in what <laughs> world is the is the is the effort that he puts into his life every day? At the very I'm talking at the bare minimum, maybe he's a maybe he's an absolute loser who has never worked a day in his life, but he seems to at least take care of himself. How do these two people end up together? Inflation I know is you guys crazy. Have,
2: have you guys both not said that you notice more couples where the man is more attractive yeah, than the woman all the time? Because for me, I notice disturbing. I notice the exact opposite. I notice like all Good of these you. pretty girls who are with ugly dudes, and I think like that's low key based because that's what makes women happy when they feel like they look better than their male partners. Her,
3: her name's Maria, and I love her, so please don't be rude.
1: I never see. I never see. it. It's always uh, dudes that are in. Is that very, just like what you focus oh, on? Maybe that's just like it's like that's what catches my eye or the other ones. It's like maybe if I looked at the other people that they're just they're kind of on the same. Maybe most people are just on the same scale and they're so close that I don't notice it. Hmm. Like you're in that same ballpark. So you only notice the extremes. Yeah. But in Hollywood, it's an absurd thing to To complain about when you're in when you're in a visually designed industry and it's part of who you are. They all talk about it. like like actors these days do not look like actors in the '80s. The, Dan Aykroyd was an actor in the '80s. That's what '80s movie stars look like. That was a, a joke on like one of the cinemas. Like, this is what what movie stars look like in the 80s. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, uh, dad bod, like severe dad bod. Now severe. They, Now they do not look <laughs> like that. Now the guys all have to be in good shape because it's a visual medium.
3: They're not even, they're all soy. Nah, I think
1: most That's of them. That's what
2: you guys said about Namor. <sighs> Namor. <No> you <laughs> said he he was fat. I I looked I looked back I'm
1: like he was not he was yeah that's what
2: I was saying I was like okay he he wasn't like jacked or anything like he wasn't ripped but I I didn't think he looked fat like a fat slob like you guys were saying how do you spell Namor (laughs) N-A-M-O-R He was, yeah, he was in Wakanda forever. Basically, you guys were like saying that he looked like a slob. I didn't
1: even watch it. I look, I look back and I'm like, look, I think it might've been some of the camera angles where, like, it, it was always like him like hunched over. So it makes his stomach stick out. And then like the, the way the, the suit fit him, it just, it didn't work for me, but like he definitely wasn't fat.
4: You want to
3: date him?
1: I wouldn't date him.
2: You've got him. a stink bug crawling up your shoulder. Other side. There you go. You got it.
1: you not not have to look. <laughs>
2: Let's go to Super Chats. Let's do it. I Need to Stop Watching YouTube said, I haven't smiled in 33 years. I haven't made a single facial expression in 40 years. Impressive. It's just getting more and more excessive. Don't do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Waffle Sensei said, Life is like a box of chocolates. It ends sooner for husky girls like they. (laughs) That's so (laughs) mean. (laughs) That killed him. That was the end of Dave Font. Suata Mastani said I was on an SSRI for about a year, had to quit cold turkey because of moving overseas and was emotionally stunted for years still gradually returning.
1: <laughs> See, and they don't talk about that. Like they they prescribe this stuff with reckless abandon and don't tell you, "Hey, we're committing you to like at least a decade of emotional of emotional instability and problems if you don't take this regularly." The the pharmaceutical mm-hmm. I don't use the term evil very uh, like very like uh uh, lightly but the pharmaceutical industry is evil it's evil so it is what it is guys
2: hopefully not let, a controversial take
1: let us hope not alright alright Dane my friend thank you so much hey man thank you let so you've been uh,
2: roasted into complete humiliation where can we find you on social media don't
3: screw up the outro did I get roasted into complete humiliation
2: I mean he did say that you're a husky girl
3: I mean I am <laughs> And proud of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can. Oh, I was going to make a super inappropriate joke. And if you want to hear that joke, you can follow oh. me on Twitter at Dane
1: Font. A D-A-N-E-F-O-N-T. And a boy, my friend, Mary, let them know where they can find you. And there was one more super chat.
2: Yes. Suata Mastani said, docs don't warn anything. Yep. Yeah. Awful. Well, you can find pictures of me on Instagram at Mary Archived and you can also read my name thoughts on Twitter, also at Mary
1: Archived. Excellent. Guys, uh, Again, thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's been an amazing first year here of the show. We are having so much fun doing the show for you guys each and every day. If you could like the video, leave comments on the video, subscribe to the channel, share the video with your friends. Uh, It does wonders for us in the algorithm if you do that. And to be honest, the show has been doing like we've been seeing it jump back up and things are going really, really well. I'm very proud of it. I know Mary's very proud of it. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, If you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasovic for the show. If you want to watch Monday through Friday. A 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That is noon Pacific. Uh, if you'd like to listen rather than watch the show, Amazon Music, Apple Podcast, Pandora, and Spotify. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we are on Twitter. It's at Pop Culture underscore Show. Facebook and TikTok at Pop Culture Crisis, and on Instagram at Pop Culture Crisis Pod. We will be back with another episode tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Later.